Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the show. I'm Chance Ellison. I'm Russell Howell. This is Trap by Chance, where we talk all things movies, television, sports, streaming, all that good stuff. And this week, this is our Valentine's Day episode. Happy Valentine's Day, everybody. Uh, yeah. And our theme this week, courtesy of uh, you, Russell, is actually a really good topic. Uh, movie starring real-life couples. To yeah. which... Uh, <laughs> Which you guys overwhelmingly gave us Edward Scissorhands for pretty easily understandable reasons when you look at what else was on the poll. But still, a good, ch- a good chance to talk about a ve- uh, great filmmaker who I, who I really adore. Uh, but before we get into that, we have some other things to talk about. First of which is our last football talk of the... Well, not our last one. We'll see we'll do the post-Super Bowl uh, you know, wrap-up. But you know, our last prediction for the year. And funny enough, most, most of we're talking about... <laughs> Most of you are talking about aren't even like about the actual game, but we'll get to that in a yeah. second. Uh, so uh, our Super Bowl is set. We know who is going to be playing, uh, and representing the AFC, shocking everyone. Uh, we have the Cincinnati Bengals, a team that just two years ago won had the first overall draft pick. And just last year, won four games. Won four games and then go to the Super Bowl the next year. Crazy. As yeah. A, that is an insane, fast turnaround for a franchise. Yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah, it, it is. And, I mean, we'll have to see, you know, after next year and, and in the years oh, to come. We'll, we'll but, they, I mean. We'll see if they can keep it up. We'll see if they can keep it up. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely, I mean. We'll see what it is. I mean, that's you know that'll because that'll show what what's going on. Keep, but keep um, mind, you know, the, Cle- the Cleveland Browns last year looked like they were going to be the hot team in the AFC, and then look what happened this year. Yeah. So I mean, it, I mean, they just they got hot at the right time. I mean, that's that's what it's all about, you know. Yeah, and representing the NFC and uh, one out, Russell. I'm I'm not going to sit here and say I told you so, but. Actually, yes, I fucking am. I told you so. <laughs> I told you so. Yeah, yeah. They gave that away. I mean, let's 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 call it what it is. I, Game I was, sat here was given and to them. I said the 49ers are going like they're going to do what they do. In every, like, Shannon's going to do what he does in every big situation. He's going to find a way to throw the game away. In which case, this, this time he literally threw the game away. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, yep. it. Y'all were up. I don't. I just. It's. Y'all were up. I'm, and I'm sitting there where I'm like, oh shit. Ten. Is Russell gonna? Is Russell gonna be right? Yeah. Is he gonna be right? right <laughs> we now? were up ten. Yeah, and they just they find ways to break your heart. Yep. And then you know the the talent of the Rams woke up and then they they came back. Y'all at one point had let me see an 81 percent chance of winning and then you proceeded to blow it. Yep. And. uh uh, I, luckily, I've uh, I have tough skin because I've been in these situations before, um, so it is what it is. Uh, yeah, I was heartbroken, but you know what? Uh, for a team that was two and four, I think to start the six game two stretch, and four. two and four, you guys came a long way. To um, you know, just to put it together, to even get into the playoffs, we had to win the last game. You know what I mean? So, like, I I would not in any way consider this season. A write-off, because you know, you, you know, you guys, I, I read of a success because you know, like you started two and four, you rallied, you 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 got you got you got behind your players, got behind your coach, and yeah, you guys made noise yeah. in the postseason. However, it's going to be interesting yeah. to see what this team looks like going forward because 
there's a very good chance we just was actually not not very good. It's a certainty we just witnessed Jimmy G's last throw as a San Francisco for San Francisco Forty Niner. Yeah. I still just, I, I still am, you know, just flabbergasted by the way that, you know, people just really want him out. I, I know, you know, Trey Lance was, you know, a, a sought after rookie. We traded, we, we traded the farm for him, you know. I just don't know, <laughs> I just don't know if he's ready yet. I think he has to have a little bit of time, you know what I mean? Uh, okay. You know, Rogers had that luxury of playing behind Far for a while. Um, I mean, obviously, you know, I'm not saying Garoppolo is far, but I mean, Garoppolo gets you where you need to go. I've, I've said say, that. I'm about to say you are not. Yeah, no. Come on now. Let's. I knew. I knew you were thinking. I that I was going to compare, but um, I mean, Garoppolo gets gets the. I mean, gets the job done. I mean, he he's he's a well enough quarterback to where, you know, he puts your team in situations to win these games. You know what I mean? Um, I, I don't know. It'll it'll be an interesting dynamic to see Trey Lance starting the uh, um. The franchise forward, but um, you know, I, I it is promising. I think in the off season, I I think uh, Brandon Ayuk said he wants to do workouts with uh, Trey Lance, so that's good to get a little rapport with a number two receiver like that. Um, you know, when you have a star-studded team, you know, with Kittle and and, and Debo, uh, it should be like I said, it should be a pretty good um, pretty good team moving forward. We definitely need a little bit of help in the secondary and definitely the offensive line. But outside of that, I'm kind of excited to see where things are going to go. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, yeah, so we've got the Super Bowl coming up. We have the Rams versus the Bengals. Now, here's the thing. On paper, this shouldn't be a contest. The Rams no, I mean, beat the Bengals in every conceivable category. I mean, quarterback, debatable. Running back, I'll, I'll give the Bengals that one. But the, but the Rams have a better receiving core, definitely a better offensive line, better front seven on defense, Better, better, better secondary, better coach, and they're playing in their home stadium. Yeah. So, like on paper, this shouldn't be a contest, but yeah, but yeah, it's got the underdogs issue though, you know. I mean, the Bengals have exceeded all any and all expectations. I'm still taking the Rams, not just as a fan of the Steelers and who, and I can't root for another AFC North team. Sorry, um, sorry, Cincinnati. Although I do, I do like Joe Burrow. But, you know, so I, I feel like L.A. just has too much going for it. They have too much to play for. They have too many, like, outstanding players who don't have rings who, like, this is going to be like a chance, like, hey, we want a ring and we are going to do whatever it takes to get it. So I'm definitely going with L.A. on this one. And uh, speaking as a bitter San Francisco 49ers fan, uh I am going to go with Cincinnati because I just I don't know I am just disgusted with the way we gave that game away and uh, what well, Cincinnati's like <laughs> yeah, like six hours away six hours away from us here so uh, yeah sure why not um, I, I like the story though you know what I mean um, I, I like Burrow well, I, mean, it's a, it's I like a, it's what they're a good, it's a good story either way I mean either you know yeah young either way is gonna like you know really prove that they're that they're gonna be like an issue power going forward or. Yeah. Uh, Matt Stafford, a guy who just suffered for a, over a decade on one yeah. of the I'm worst at, organizations in football, is going to get a ring. I like Stafford. I like Stafford. I just uh, I hate rooting for a team that just knocked us out a couple weeks ago. You know what I mean? I'm still it. it's still it. sour taste in your mouth. You know what I mean? I get it. Um, but yeah, I'm gonna I'm root for the Bengals just because, like I said, uh, Ohio's our next door neighbor. Um, and I just like to I would just like to see a team that has a you know been there like obviously the last time you know uh 
the, the Rams were just there a couple of years ago against the Pats. I mean, they won a Super Bowl uh, with Kurt Warner. I mean, his last they actually won a Super Bowl, but um, only one. Cincinnati's been Cincinnati's Cincinnati's never won one. They lost both of the 49ers, which I was kind of hoping for a three-peat, but uh, that didn't happen. It is what it is. Um, but yeah, so I'd like to see Cincinnati try to take it. I, I, I like a little something different this year, you know? I mean, it's, it, it is nice to not have, you know, the same, you know, no Chiefs because the Chiefs decided to be idiots in the second half of play. I mean, it, it's like, okay, I'll compare it to the year Golden State and Cleveland uh, Cavaliers every year. You yeah. know what I mean? For four years in a row or whatever the hell it was, five years. Yeah, it was, it was a lot. But, you know, but, you know get, get, it, getting something different in there. I, I, like, I, like the, I like the feel of this. So I, think I, that, I did too. I think that, you know, both players have, both teams have players that I really like on each side. So I'll be happy for whoever wins. But I just, I mean, it's, I, we'll push it over the edge for the Rams. Look, if the Rams saw Jared Goff, I'd be like, not nah, fuck it. Well, I wouldn't say no, fuck it. But I'd be rooting for him less impassionedly. But, you know, at Stafford, who I've, been a big fan of for the for the better part of a decade so yeah yeah I've, i mean i've always rooted for him yeah uh, definitely going with him uh now next next thing we're talking about in the world of football is going to be you know we got some head coaching news one big story in particular that broke before a couple more hires came through so uh we talked about how brian flores was fired from miami dolphins uh he was he like I said, we, we talked about it on the show, but he was a guy who he had back-to-back winning seasons, uh, was really doing a lot to turn that franchise around, and he got axed. Well, <laughs> not long after that, uh, he filed a lawsuit against yeah. several NFL teams, including the Dolphins, the Giants, I think a couple others, and the NFL in general, citing unfiring hiring practices. Mm-hmm. And this, a lot of this happened because of a tech exchange with Bill Belichick. In which he, in which Belichick texted Brian, uh, you know, Brian Flores to congratulate him for getting the Bills job, which went to Brian Dable. <laughs> Belichick just texted the wrong dude. Yeah, he he didn't have the uh, last initial of Brian in his phone, so yeah. he just assumed. Oh yeah, I don't, I don't know how that. I mean, I know, I know Belichick's old, but come on. Yeah, uh, apparently Brian Dable was hired before Flores even got the before he even got got a chance to interview. So yeah. that did spark a big conversation about you know hiring practices and you know diversity in terms of coaching in the mm-hmm. NFL. So I do want to talk to you about it because you know like a, a lot of people were talking in sports were talking about you know in relation to the Rooney Rule, in which it's the Rooney Rule is instituted by Steelers, Steelers owner Dan Rooney, which in which um you know it basically got owners to give opportunities more to minority coaches. Mm-hmm. Now, at the time, at the time of this lawsuit, now for, keep in mind when the Rooney Rule was instituted, there were three black head coaches in the league. Before yeah, this lawsuit, there was one, one yeah, black it, head coach in the entire it, it, NFL. Yeah. Now, since this lawsuit has been filed, there have been some uh, some diversity hiring, well, not, not diversity hiring, but some. Uh, hirings that you know are more a little more diverse. So we're back up to three. Uh, the Dolphins have since hired uh, its 49ers offensive coordinator uh, Mike McDaniel. Yeah, and uh, I, I I love this next hire, uh, not because of the, not because of the teams, because I love this dude as a coach. Lovey Smith is coming back to the NFL. He's, he is going to be the coach of the Houston Texans. It's the thing a, was crazy. The thing that was crazy with that, though, is a lot of people were saying that was just a hire because he's black. Did you, yeah. did you hear a lot about that, though? The I, I Smith? Now, here's the thing. I do think that this that this Flores lawsuit 
did influence his hiring because and but other he's things, but yeah. here's the thing. Here's the thing. I say this because there was a lot of talk saying that the front candidates was Josh McCown, a guy who yeah. had no head coaching experience in the NFL or shit mm. at any level. Yeah. So yeah, I do think that I do. I I'm not 100 percent confident in saying Lovey Smith would would have been hired regardless of this lawsuit. I will not go. I will not say that. No, but the guy has a ton of experience, and he, I mean, he he was okay in, in Chicago. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, I mean, he had a pretty solid uh, postseason record in Chicago. Uh, he last his last head coaching job in the NFL was for the Tampa, Buc- Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, he was. Uh, the head coach from 2014-2015, has been the head coach of Illinois from 2016 to 2020. He was with the Texans as the assistant he- associate head coach in the, D- in the D.C. for 2021. He's now been bumped up to, hate to head coach again. I-, I feel bad for the dude just because it's Houston. They got, <laughs> they- they got it's a Houston and the fact, yeah. And a lot of people, like like I said, like I stated previously, I think a lot of people are just going to say he just got the job because. Yeah. But um, he's a very, I mean, he's a very capable coach. Oh, I mean, no, it's no, not no. like he, he's, he's a talented coach. He's coming into a very, very shitty situation. But uh, yeah, but but you know, he's, he's a talented coach. Other coaches that were hired are uh, Patriots OC Josh McDaniels was hired as the Vegas head coach, and the Jacksonville Jaguars have hired after the whole Byron Leftwich thing fell apart. Uh, they yes. decided to turn to Doug Peterson. Which, yeah, uh, okay, sure. I That's mean, look, the Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah, the former Philadelphia Eagles head coach. Uh, yeah. he, he's, a, he's a good coach. I just feel like Jacksonville, the organization, made a shitty decision by you know, choosing oh, yeah. to stick with Trent, with Trent Baalke instead of moving on, as they should have. Like I said, dude's been a shitty GM his entire tenure. Um, so, yeah. Former 49ers GM. Former 49ers GM. Throw that out yeah, there. So, so you know. Throw you know. So go ahead and throw that out there. Well, yeah, then he left. I think Balky left after, what, Harbaugh when they all cleaned out the house, I think. Yeah, exactly. I uh, pretty, or, well, I think so with the Vic Fangio and all that. Yeah, I, I'm yeah. pretty sure that was, uh, they. that's when they, yeah, that's when they stripped the, uh, the organization out. And the interesting thing was, uh, yeah, no. there's a lot of speculation about, about Jim Harbaugh coming back to the NFL. And it almost Thank happened. Thank God. Based on what I heard, based on what we've heard, yeah. his second interview did not go well because he's acting like he already had the job. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I get it. He, I mean, look what he did with San Francisco. I mean, he turned that he turned that uh, franchise around. Um, we were in complete disarray, um, and we had the same t- we had the same team. You know what I mean? He just found ways to 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 do it. He found ways to make you know Alex Smith a uh, you know a smarter quarterback. Uh, you know, and I think it helped with the consistency of having him and an offensive coordinator actually sticking through and not changing offensive coordinators and head coaches every other year. Um, so I, I really thought it would have been a good hire for Minnesota, but I'm glad that obviously it didn't go through because I think what he's doing, uh, you know, at his alma mater, I think he's really turning that college program around. So I'm kind of kind of happy about that. I'm kind of glad that the uh, second interview didn't go as well. <laughs> yeah, for, I, I, I bet you. I bet you had. Um, um, but I um, mean, I, I get it though. There, it, it was kind of stupid though, because it does really cut into recruiting. You know what I mean? I think that's why a lot of uh, people kind of just faulted him for it. But uh, you know, he did tell the uh, the uh, what the hell would that be? The uh, director, the athletic director, that uh, he wasn't going to be seeking out uh, NFL anymore. 
Uh, we also had one more I forgot to mention. Uh, Dennis Allen, the uh, Saints DC, has now been promoted to head coach uh, with Sean Payton leaving, which, man, it's got to be a really shitty situation. Again, like Houston, got a really shitty situation to come into because, you know, got no, yeah, your, cap, your cap situation sucks. And yeah. you're moving without, you know, you know you're just steering a direct from the ship. So all luck to Dennis Allen, but it's not, not looking good for you, man. So, I yeah. think it was because it was because of the Kevin James movie. I think is the reason why Sean Payton stepped down. Uh, maybe I don't know. I, I don't. I still haven't seen it. It doesn't look very good. Uh, yeah, I'm, I don't plan on watching it anytime soon either. But you know, this is the I do want to talk about. So uh, there's currently only one head coaching job open in the NFL. That's for the Minnesota Vikings, and a lot of speculation saying that uh, Rams offensive coordinator Kevin O'Connell at the Super Bowl is going to be getting that job. So yeah. we will still have only three black head coaches in the NFL. So you yeah. know, I do, do want to talk, you know, like what is there anything the NFL can do to make, you know, have some more diverse, you know, diverse hirings? Because, you know, like, look, you, you can't make teams hire coaches just because they're black. Yeah, but, but I at the same I, time, I, I mean, that yeah, this, I think this this does. They do really need. To, it's, it's it's a hard issue to look at, but I do think that diversity needs to be a better better institution because I mean, you you look at the player base of the NFL. I believe like I, th- I think it's like seventy percent of players are African American. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's got to be an it's got to be a pretty staggering number. Yeah, um, so, I mean, is there any, is there anything the NFL can do to you know improve diver- the efforts for diversity? Uh, I think what makes a push for that, honestly, and I'm speaking as, you know, obviously the Niners when we hired Singletary, uh, I think it's uh, former football players, I think will fill that void. You know what I mean? I, I, I really believe that um, just because I think, you know, Mike Singletary was a completely, you know, a capable person because of the fact that, you know, he did have the gridiron experience. Yeah, and I thought he did a well enough job coaching. I, I really do. I think we kind of pushed him out a little bit quickly, but I mean, he, he really. Oh, dude, and I'll tell you what. Ever since then, that Vernon Davis was a completely different player. Um, really, if you could, you can actually attribute his turnaround under the Harbaugh days to obviously that that ass ripping that he got from uh, Singletary. That's really um, I thought he was a really a really a really smart football coach, though. A really you know a smart player, but a smart football coach. Um, I wish he would have gotten a little bit more time, but I think we're going to push this issue with. I think if we have like um, players that you know play the game coming into the league you know what i mean i don't know i mean obviously it's not as prevalent as you th- would think but um, i think that's going to help push the, that diversity issue i would imagine i also think that we're gonna i, I think a, a way to better you know you know better diversify coaching staff would be to diversify the front office and get more, yeah. get more black gms maybe get some maybe get some black owners which i know i know is a, a big ask but you know, I would like to see some black ownership in the in the NFL. Cause we we haven't we haven't had a black owner, and I don't know if we ever I don't know if we ever had a black owner, honestly. <laughs> and it's it's like I I can almost compare it. Um, and I think you could probably agree with me. I think it's almost like the Oscars type thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think no, you just shit. You're right. You're very right, actually. We just have to update with the. We have to you know move with the times. And I think you know I think we're just so old school where it's like you think it's these you know, well-to-do, older, white males, you know, that are have all this money and have businesses and stuff like that are successful. And those are the guys that usually have the team, you know, that own the team. Um, I think we kind of kind of shake the, you know, we have to shake that uh, notion up a little bit. And, you know, it's 
and at least at least try. Like I, I think we're very close-minded when it comes to all that kind of stuff. You know what I mean? Oscars, obviously, I think we're just a good comparison, just because obviously with the announcement of the movies today, but it just it it, it fit. You know what I mean? I think it's a fair comparison. Um, you know, I just I think we just need to kind of just move in that direction. I think it just has to take we have to take steps in order to do that. Um, it's just one of those things where it's just not going to happen overnight, but we have to take the chance to do that. At least try and say, hey, hey, you know what? We we're we're, we're trying, we're doing this. You know, absolutely. And uh, yeah. Yeah, last last time we we're talking about the world of football, uh, we didn't talk about it last time because it was not official. Well, now it is official. Tom Brady has decided to call it a career. He has retired after 22 seasons in the NFL. And Russell, I'm going to let you speak because your opinion of this guy <laughs> is much higher than mine. So go ahead. Well, it's just because, I mean, a lot of the uh – the success obviously was in the playoffs against your team, you know. No, that, um, that's not why. That's not why. Oh, but go ahead. Well, I mean, a little bit. You can get some bitterness out of that. But anyway, um, this is a you know a once in a generation that we see a quarterback to his caliber. I mean, I know you know you're going to sit there and hate on it, but I get it. Um, just the way you know he elevated the players around him, like a Michael Jordan. And I know this is crazy. I know you know you're not a again you're not a big Tom Brady fan. I know. I know. Um, but just what he did with the game of football, I don't think we're ever going to see, you know, something like that again. Um, and I remember, I think this was, oh man, this was probably a handful of years ago. Uh, I was talking with my friends before and I had said, you know, we're going to miss the, the, the days when, you know, you had the Brady Manning matchups and stuff like that. Cause I think football is going to be completely different. The landscape of it, just because all the team, like all the quarterbacks that I grew up watching, you know, I mean, I I saw the the ending of careers of like Steve Young, of John Elway, you know, of uh, you know Troy Aikman. Uh, I, I like I that that was the guys that I grew up with. You know what I mean? As opposed to like you know with your generation now with like you know Ben Roethlisberger. It's kind of crazy to see that you know I was you know we got that age gap between us, and it's it's crazy to see like this is really the ending of the quarterback generation that I grew up with. You know what I mean? For the big part of my uh, my years of watching football um, and just what he's done with the game and just the fact that, you know, he could be so competitive and so successful even at the age of 44, you know, last year coming onto a team that he had never played for before and taking him to a Super Bowl. You know, I just, I don't know. There's not enough good words. Um, I know that I will be in Canton um, to see him get uh, inducted in the hall of fame when he's eligible, I think in 2027. Um, I don't know. It just, uh, I, I just I've always liked the guy. I mean, he's always had that grit, that that you know, that uh, chip on his shoulder, and I just love the way he played the game. Yeah. Uh, uh, look. I know. I think Tom Brady is a good quarterback. I'd be foolish to say the dude is not a good quarterback, but I think he's a quarterback who got elevated by a good system, elite defense, luck, and some of the dumbest play I've ever seen from an NFL from other opposing NFL teams. And also lost two Super Bowls on luck plays too. You know, I mean, it was the flip. You know, the the flipping of it, the flipping well, of it too. I the mean, helmet well, catch. Well, luck, luck there is very okay. It's like, it's like half and half, but we'll, we'll we'll get that. We'll get there in a second. But that, <laughs> to, but to your point, yeah, I feel like in the last couple of years we've seen. I mean, look at like the like the quarterback era of like 2000. Basically, with Tom Brady just like ended because look like yeah. in the last few years, last few years, retired. We have both Mannings. Drew Brees, yeah. Philip Rivers, Roethlisberger, Brady. These guys were like face, like the quarterback faces of the NFL 
for a really yeah, long I mean, fucking time, and now they're just I mean, all they're all gone. Yeah, because you look. I mean, I was in college when these guys were getting their start. Uh, well, I mean, I was in college when like what Roethlisberger got drafted. What oh three wasn't it? Oh two oh three oh three oh three yeah. Um, so I was in college when when these guys were, were were taking the helm. You know what I mean? Obviously, I was in high school when uh, uh, Brady. Uh, took over for Bledsoe, but like in his prime to watch him do the things he did. I was like in a senior high school in the college. Like, like what I'm saying is like, I followed these guys careers. I followed Manning's career in Indianapolis. You know what I mean? Like I was, you know, with Ben's uh, 15 and one, uh, his, his rookie year, you know, I, I, I watched all that stuff, you know? Um, it's, it's kind of crazy to sit there and think, wow, it's like, it's just such a, it's such a different landscape coming in. And it's just, it's, I mean, it, it, I understand it's it's you know it has to happen. It just makes you feel old um, when you when you're when you're seeing this because you grew up with these guys and um, and now you're cheering for guys almost half your age. Yeah. It's uh it's definitely uh, it's it's eye opening. But yeah, I mean, I welcome it. Um, you know, the future is bright with in the NFL, but I just think it's 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 not gonna be the same. There's gonna be it's it feels like a little bit's missing. You know what I mean? No, yeah, absolutely. It's gonna be, it's, and especially because you I mean, I mean, look at the era now. I mean, we got Mahomes, you got, uh, you know, you got Lamar Jackson, you got Justin Herbert, Josh Allen, Josh Allen, yeah. Joe Burrow. Uh, I mean, Russell Wilson's kind of. I mean, he's kind of like it was like Rogers Wilson. They're kind of like their own era, uh, because you know, they're, yeah, they're like, somewhere, they're like somewhere in between those two. But yeah, I mean, just look, just look at, you know, the people who are watching now, and just like you now we get to grow like this new, almost like this new classic quarterback. Which is crazy because it's like it, it, you know, the the selfish part of you doesn't want to let go of that. You know what I mean? You kind of want to yeah. hold on and cling on to yeah, sure. the uh, w- what you had. I hate change. <laughs> I'm I'm a person that does not like change. Um, and it's crazy that like yeah, outside of like Aaron Rodgers and 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 what you said, yeah, I think those are probably the last. Two. And I would maybe even throw out not even like he's an an elite quarterback, but even Kirk Cousins has been in the league for quite some time too. Yeah, I mean, like, um, if, you, if you look at you know like starting quarterbacks now who are like of like who are like of like the class aren't like you know the young aren't like like the young young class. I mean, you, you could say like Stafford and Cousins probably around the same. No, yeah, Stafford, Cousins, uh, fucking Aaron Rodgers. Rogers. Uh, uh, I would even Russell say Wilson, Derek Carr. Tannehill, no, no, not Tannehill. Tannehill, Tannehill's like in that T- same. That's very similar. Age, it, it, it kind of a little bit. Uh, you know, but like, yeah, like that, like that's like the, that's gonna be like the next like big retiring class. But no, yeah, I mean, yeah, Tom Brady's uh, first of all, like, <laughs> raise your kids, raise your kids. <laughs> Uh, you know, and you know, like the, the shocking thing, like when he retired, was the fact, that, like, in his whole like spiel, not one mention of New England, uh, of, of New England, which is not completely one crazy. I mentioned Bill Belichick, which is crazy, yeah, because that's obviously six Super Bowls. Uh, like, you know, he would, is the face of that franchise. I you know, bet money that he would have like signed one of those one day contracts to retire as a Patriot. I guess, I guess that's not happening now. But yeah, I, I don't know. You think there would have been mentioned, but maybe he did it to be different too, because he, you know, people would have expected it to. You know what I mean? And that, I don't know. I don't know. I, I doubt that has anything to do with it. But you know, Tom Brady was the one that didn't follow what was popular. You know what I mean? So like, I don't know if it's one of those things where he kind of was like, you know what? Everybody would be expecting me to kind of go that route. You know what I mean? I don't know. I I, I, I don't know. I was a little bit surprised. Though. I really was. Well, Tom Brady, to one of us, you are to one of us, you are the greatest quarterback of all time. To the other, <laughs> you are the we are one of the most overrated athletes in the history of professional sports, not football, professional sports. Man, but still, 
have a have I, I can I can go <laughs> I can go about Tom Brady four hours. But we don't have that kind of time. Uh, but still, regardless, you seem like a good enough dude. Enjoy your retirement. <laughs> Actually, and I, I lied. We have one more football thing we're going to talk about before we get into like actual like movie stuff. And we're going to talk. I was about like, oh, he's going to throw more. I thought it was like, he's going to throw more out now about Brady. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. One, one of these times we're going to have like the whole PowerPoint ready as to why Brady is the most overrated quarterback of all time. But <laughs> I do not have oh, PowerPoint man. ready right now. What I do have all right. is something we're going to talk about real quick. Uh, it's going to be our top ten Super Bowl moments of all time. Well, not of all time that we've gotten to witness. Mm-hmm. So, Russell, uh, why don't you go over your. 10, 9, and 8. It's funny because I did not have this prepared because I thought we were going to do this for the football episode. But I, I actually had – I do oh, you have – Okay, you know, you know what? We're, okay, we're, you know, we're, done. You know, we're, gonna, we're not going to do this. We're not going to do this now. We okay, because I, 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 know, I know of the plays that I, I was going to put in there. So, I mean, I, I could get you no, 10. No, no, no. We, we, we can – this is going to be long enough. We, we'll, 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 save that for, we'll save that for next week. We'll, okay. After when we recap the Super Bowl, we're going to talk about our, our type of Super Bowl plays. All right. So, there, there. Teaser for next week. Uh, but tune in. <laughs> moving on to our next topic, which is going to be trailers. Yeah, because you know, football talks to be very because football talks to be very thin next week, so we may as well just uh, you know put that in there with, with it as well. Uh, moving on to trailer talk, uh, we have a lot of things to talk about today. First of which is for uh, Texas, Ch- excuse me, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. So Texas Chainsaw Massacre is a sequel. To uh, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the uh, it's, it's another installment in the Texas Chainsaw Massacre franchise, and this is doing the thing that literally every horror franchise is doing right now, where it's like, you know what, all those sequels before that, fucking throw it to the winds. This <laughs> is a direct sequel to the first, and yeah. yeah, this literally feels like 2018's Halloween, but with Texas Chainsaw, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. But I don't yeah. necessarily, I don't think that's a bad thing see it follows a young girl melody uh, and her sister lila and their friends who go to harlow texas where they meet the uh where they you know encounter leatherface once again and they also see that uh they uh they get help from sally hardesty the survivor from the original texas chainsaw massacre uh, not played by the same actress. Fortunately, uh, Marilyn Burns did pass away in 2014, so this was this role was recast. But it is the same character who survived the events of the, of the original film. Uh, so, Russell, what do you think of the trailer for Texas Chainsaw Massacre? Yeah, I definitely got Halloween uh, vibes. 2018. Um, I mean, it's okay enough. Looks okay enough. Um, I still champion the 2003 Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I, I still I think that's a really fine. Uh, reboot of of an original. Uh, I liked it a lot. Um, the Jessica Biel one. I think a lot of people don't really give that enough kudos. You know what I mean? I, I really did like it out of all the ones that have been like out because they have really regurgitated a lot. I would say the last twenty years. Continuity, they've the really continuity been a, of this franchise is the most like confusing thing. <laughs> it is. There's really no consistency to it, but it definitely. You know, it's not a surprise that we're, tra- you know, tracing those roots like you said. Like the Halloween is, is scrapping everything before. I mean, I mean, only fans can really dictate that. You know, I kind of like to think that all that other stuff in Halloween happened. So it is what it is. It's just somebody's different take on. Well, like no, on but, what, but Russell, yeah. at that point, like you're factually wrong because those things did not happen. Those things very clearly well, did not happen. Well, they're wrong. I know what I want. I I know what I watched. What are you right? What are you writing? Your own head cannon? I know what I watched. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, 
again, it's just it's all it's all whatever. I, I don't know. It, this looks fine though. Yeah, no, actually, I think this looks this looks kind of. I, I'm surprised that you don't like this more because I think this looks like it looks like a, like a fun Texas Chainsaw like Carnage movie. Like I like the, I like the bit at the end. Yeah, he's on the party bus. And then oh, the party bus was hilarious. The, the party bus was like okay. This this looks this is kind of fucking sweet. And, and but, I'm but it's lucky really it, excited it, for it. It definitely shows you the uh, the generation too now, uh, which I think is funny. Everybody on their phones and stuff like that. I I did appreciate that. Um, then once he started gearing up that chainsaw, man, watch out! It does look fun though. I I I really do. I mean, I'm I'm down to see it. I'm I'm glad it comes out here well, within a, what a couple weeks, week and a half should be fun. Yeah. Uh. So yeah, that is set for a release. Yeah, week and a half it's coming coming like really soon, uh, February eighteenth, uh, twenty twenty. Yeah. So yeah, like a little a little over a week, and uh, we get Texas Chainsaw coming out. So, uh, next show we're talking about is for after Yang. So After Yang is a uh, sci-fi film, and it's this world in which robotic children are purchased as live-in babysitters, and this father and daughter uh, attempt to save the life of their ro- of a robot named Yang, who has become unresponsive. This is a movie. This movie is directed by uh, Koganada, who uh, only directed one other, one other feature film, Columbus from 2017. Did you ever see that film? No, I heard of it. Uh, never got to watch it. A lot of lot of good buzz. I remember. I, yeah, I honestly think you'd really like it. So I would. I would highly suggest you check it out. Um, I will put that on the list. Uh, yeah, it's, this film features uh, Colin Farrell, Jodie Turner Smith, uh, Haley Richardson, who was also in Columbus, uh, among others. So Russell, what did you think of the trailer for After Yang? Um, can we just have a count of how many A24 movies are going to have uh, Colin Farrell in them? So many. <laughs> so much. I mean, like, well, he's going to own A24 here. I think he's, what, at least three uh, with the lobster, lobster. I think, lobster killing. I don't think lobster is A24, but, is it? I thought, wait, I thought it was. Yeah, it's like, killing of a sacred deer is A24, that's right? That's definitely A24. I don't think lobster yeah. is. I thought it was. I thought it was, too, but evidently it's not. Uh, I think we were talking about this on the last show. Yeah. Killing Sacred Deer. Uh, what else did he got? Where I I thought there was another one. I thought there was another one too. But either way, uh, continue. Either way, either way, it looks uh, fantastic. I I love A twenty four. I think we you know we've been on a high with that, uh, you know production company. I just I love the way that they they're just so different in the films that they make. They don't put anything out of the that's like two of the same film. You know what I mean? It's so unique. Um, so yeah, I'm definitely on board. Um, you know I, I love the resurgence of Colin Farrell. And um, from the buzz, it looks like he's given a like, really great performance, which he has been doing, obviously. Check our last episode out where we talked about it. Um, but, yeah, I'm on board. Yeah, no, same here. I think that, yeah, like I said, I, I, was, really, I was a really big fan of Columbus, uh, his last movie. And I think this looks like, yeah, I, I really like the, how, what indie film can do with, like, high-concept sci-fi premises. Or, like, you, you can be, like, you know, toned down, you know, smaller scale, more intimate, but still feel like that other, have that otherworldly feel. I think this looks beautifully shot. And, yeah, I am very, very excited to see After Yang. Uh, set to release on March 4th, 2022. Uh, next trailer we're talking about is for Gold. Uh, so Gold is a, uh, a Australian survival thriller starring Zac Efron, in which, in which he plays a, po- a survivor in a post-apocalyptic world. Him and his homie find some gold. They got to excavate it, but, but uh, he, his homie has to go and get the tools, so he basically has to survive in the desert for a couple days. Uh, yeah, so it's basically Zac Efron by himself. Uh, Russell, what do you think of the trailer for Gold? 
Hopefully his homie wasn't too like got pissed off or they got into a fight before that because uh, you don't want to stay out those you don't want to stay out in those conditions for very long. But um, it looks good. It looks good though. It definitely looks good. And again, speaking of like uh, you know a different uh, uh, a feeling old. Like look how old Zac Efron. Now you know what I mean. It's kind of crazy, but uh, it looks fantastic. I think it looks like a really good uh, performance from Efron. Yeah, no, for sure. I think that this it feels like one of those movies that's going to like live and die based on based on how his performance is. Yeah. And you know, Zach Efron is a guy who I've always been championing. Well not always. Uh, I mean, of course it did in my high school musical days, but uh, I do think that since then he's evolved into a very, very good actor. And I'm glad he's taking a risk of like like some of these like smaller, weirder movies to showcase more of his talent, and not just like you know yeah. this guy could have easily been just like a, like a comedy star, but you know he's deciding to you know push his career in different directions, and I do like I do like really admire that decision. So yeah, and uh, this is uh, this doesn't ha- currently have an American release date, but whenever it does, it's gotten killer reviews uh, out of film festivals in Australia where it premiered. So I am definitely looking forward to seeing this when it comes, whenever it comes out. I uh, can't say the same for the next thing we're looking at, though. Uh, next trailer we're looking at is Cheaper by the Dozen, the remake. Oof. Uh, Oof. So, yeah, this is the, I think, second remake of this film. Cause I think there was like... Yeah, yeah, because it's Steve, yeah, cause it was an original, and then Steve Martin was a remake. Yeah, yeah, the, there, was one, yeah. there was one in 1950. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, and uh, you know, in which in which uh, it's about a, a family with an obscene amount of kids, like so many kids that you wonder if they ever heard of birth control. Yeah, and um, what what do, what do these people do for a job? Yeah, to, to be able to do all this. But th- did you notice anything weird about about this uh, about this family? I mean, just in regards uh, I to the mean, premise of the film, did you notice anything weird? No, just that it was an interracial couple. But outside of that, I mean, I I didn't really. What was I supposed to notice? That they only have ten kids. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, I was. You know what? It was funny because it was like cheaper, but I'm like, what the fuck? That's ten. That doesn't. Like, that's not a dozen. Uh, like, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking the same shit. I'm thinking the same shit. Maybe they adopt a couple kids during the movie. I don't know. <laughs> they, they they get two. They that's the premise. They're they're getting two more. She's pregnant with twins. That's the you know you never know. I don't know. I don't know. Or she'd be pregnant with triplets because then it would be a baker's dozen. Baker's dozen. Oh, they got the sequel. Oh shit! There uh, we go. Yeah. No, I just like I said. I just. I mean, I appreciate the interracial couple to it. Uh, yeah, the You know, I mean, touch I, to it. I, I like. I like Gabrielle Union. Zach Braff. I like Gabrielle Union too. So Zach nice Braff to see her. Kind of wore off on me, but you know, I'm Zach, still rooting for the guy. Zach Braff definitely uh, definitely got older. He definitely got older. Voice, yeah, the voice never, voice never dropped though. Voice never no. dropped. No, same uh, hasn't hasn't missed a beat. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, um, yeah, I think that here's the thing. I, I, look, I have a nostalgia, a nostalgia for the Sean Levy, Cheer by the Dozens, and the, again, I have I haven't watched them in years, so may, maybe I'll feel differently if I watch them again. But something I did admire about the original, and maybe that's this to be different in the actual movie. These kids all feel like various, like tru- like various, you know, varying degree of troublemaker. Whereas, like you know, with yeah. the with the you know with the Sean Levy one, they at least all felt distinct. It, they, it and except when they weren't like the, like the twins felt like twins, but that was kind of you know that was like a, a purposeful writing thing, purposeful writing thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no. So yeah, I'm not gonna 
sitting there like these kids don't know my personalities. I haven't seen the movie yet, but yeah, I mean, this movie doesn't look. I mean, the laughs aren't really tracking as of yet. No, I'm still trying to pick up on it, still but trying, still uh, trying to find a laugh somewhere. But yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. Maybe, it's... maybe maybe it'll surprise us. Maybe it'll surprise us. Yeah, I mean, I've, I really just, could uh, care less if this movie like just get, comes out or not. Just you get, know, just get two, just you know, just get two more kids or fix get the title. That, I'm telling you, she's gonna get pregnant in there. We're doing it. <laughs> I really believe it. This is a, it's the or, it's the origin story. It's gonna happen. You have to make a dozen somehow. Well, so, you have ten, unless they count in the total. But that's cheating. That's not. But those aren't kids. That's not cheaper. But a dozen that's, dozen oh, that's like that's the, true. That's true. Yeah. So like you have to have the dog. You yeah, can't you, count the dogs. That's cheating. Yeah. Um, yeah. No. That's you gotta get. Yeah, I get two more kids. Two more kids. And it, we'll talk. If not, you have to call it cheaper by the tens. Yeah, so and, we can't and, and, do that. And yeah, SEL will not. This feels more like yours, mine, and ours. Actually, remember yours, mine, and ours? Oh uh, yeah, with uh, Randy or uh, what? Dennis, Dennis Quaid Dennis and Quaid. <laughs> Dennis Quaid. Quaid. Oh, Randy Quaid would have been fun in that one. Dennis Quaid. Who was the uh, Renee mom? Renee Russo. That's it. Yeah, yeah. Except yeah. like they had an obscene amount of kids. They had eighteen. They had a lot, and um, yeah. yeah, this this is one. It's like okay. I mean, I'll, maybe I'll I'll come to it eventually. I'm not. Uh, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's set for at least, at least exclusively on Disney Plus, March eighteenth, twenty twenty-two. Next thing we're talking about. This is a trailer for a show. Actually, both 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 show trailer we're talking about are actually for the same service. Um, this, the first one we're talking about is for Halo. So go Paramount. Yeah, but go <laughs> Paramount. Good job. Get you get yourself out there. Uh, so yeah, uh, this is the long, long long attempt adaptation of the popular Xbox game series. Which, did you ever play these? Yes, I was uh, very obsessed with uh, Halo 3. I mean, Halo was in my 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 age demographic when it came out, but yeah, uh, okay. really started getting into gameplay right around Halo 3, Halo Reach. Well, I wasn't, I wasn't, uh, sure, I wasn't sure if like you had like an Xbox or PlayStation growing up, but yeah, it's, it's fine, perfect. Uh, so, you, you I, I had a PS2. I grew up with the PS2, when the PS2 days. But yeah, so this is an adaptation of Halo. It's set to follow an epic 26th century conflict between humanity and an alien threat known as the Covenant. Uh, Halo will draw deeply, deep, deep, draw, uh, deeply draw personal stories with action, adventure, and richly imagined vision of the future. And yeah, and yeah, this is basically going to be a war between mankind and the aliens. Uh, cast featuring Pablo Schreiber as the famous Master Chief, uh, also featuring. Uh, you know that okay. I was about to say Charlie Murphy, like not not like not that Charlie Murphy, is it? No, yeah, she's a little <laughs> dead. <laughs> Charlie Murphy, Charlie Murphy. <laughs> uh, Bakeem Woodbine and Jen Taylor as Cortana, a role she's reprising from the video game series. So, Russell, as the, the bigger Halo fan, I play I played Halo. I just wasn't like you know because yeah. I always had a PlayStation growing up. But yeah, as oh, the yeah. big Halo fan, uh, too, was what what is what did this? Uh, you know, what, what do you think about this? I mean, I like the way it looked. I mean, for for a, a second, because I I really thought I was like, well, we're gonna do this like animated, like like live animation. Um, and then I saw it. I'm like, well, we're really like this is like real life Master Chief, which is really cool. I thought you know Master Chief looks spot on. Um, the Covenant. I, I like the whole uh, you know with the the swords and stuff like that. It really gets you the feel of the game. Um, Katana. Yeah, it's this is gonna be fun, man. It's I, I'm looking forward to. It. I really am. I actually was one of the ones I actually. I actually played, so I can say, "Hey, I, you know, I have something to chime into on this." But yeah, 
I'm, I've always liked Halo. Like I said, after Halo 3, uh, when Bungie when Bungie had it, when 343, I think, took over, uh, I thought the graphics were eh, not as great. I'm glad. I think Bungie, I don't know if Bungie's still doing it now because I, I, I kind of want to get the new Xbox to play the Halo, uh, what is it, Infinity? Yeah, uh, Halo, Halo Infinite, Halo Infinite. Yeah. Infinite, yeah. I, I kind of want to. I'm, I'm, I'm dabbling with trying to get another Xbox to, uh, to play that again online. Because, I mean, we, we used to rack up some hours playing that online. I think Bungie just sold to somebody. Not Bungie saying. sold to three four three, and then I don't know what the hell happened. Well, after no, no, that. no, no, no. I know that the company was sold to somebody. And oh, oh, <laughs> ironic. Oh. <laughs> Bungie was bought by PlayStation. Really? Really? Huh. Yeah. yeah I was... mean, you can't beat them. Join them, I guess. Right? I guess. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, and this but, is after. But uh, all, I mean, yeah, yeah. Bungie is on. So Bungie is Sony got Bungie. Microsoft, I think, got Activision. They got Activision. Yeah, that's what okay. they got. Uh, but you know, uh, plus, so yeah, uh, coming from me. So yeah, Paramount Plus is it's an interesting, interesting service because you know they had they they were kind of behind the eight ball because you know like you know Netflix blew up and Disney Plus blew up and HBO Max doing fairly well. No, it blew up and not not as high. So they were kind of behind the eight ball, and they needed some more IPs. So when I see this, uh, I think that this has the potential to be. They need like their big ticket item. They need their man. They yeah. need their Mandalorian. And I honestly, yeah, this think is it. This, I think this is it. Yeah, this has the potential if, if it's good to be their Mandalorian. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you have a you know a central round of figure who like is always masked, never takes it off. It feels it feels very Mando, and I don't mean that as an insult. I mean, you know, Lord knows we talk about both seasons. I love I love Mandalorian, uh, so I think yeah. that this has a lot of potential to be that. And like I said, this is the thing that they've been working. They've been trying to bring Halo to like a live action medium for a very long time. District Nine being the most famous example, where like that came out of the smoldering wreckage of a Halo movie. Um, but yeah, no, I think this looks good. I think it looks really interesting, and yeah, I am actually really intrigued because, like, I, yeah, I, I played Halo Three and I, I had I had Reach. Um, yeah, and, yeah, but like I was. And was it Halo Infinite? Was it War? Was it Infinity Wars or no? That was there, was, there was Halo. That was after Halo Reach. Wars. Halo Wars, and then what was after um, when Three Four Three came out? That was Halo Reach, and then what was the other one? Halo. Oh shit! What was it? What was it? What was it? There, there was one that came out after Reach. I can't think of what the hell it is. Uh, Reach. There was four ODST. Or ha- Halo Four Guardians, was it? Guardians. Okay. Uh, but yeah, so uh, I'm actually like really looking, really looking forward to this, and set to debut on Paramount Plus on March 24th, 2022. Uh, no word on whether this is going to be a you know weekly show or it's going to drop all at once. I'd imagine weekly. I would too. Like that's how they've done their other original content, at least the ones the ones that I've seen. Um, but yeah, I'm actually I'm very much looking forward to Halo. The other thing, this feels this feels like you know they're really trying to pull you in, which is funny because I don't even know if you're subscribed to Paramount Plus. Who? Oh no, I am. Oh, you I, are. I have Paramount. Oh, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. All right, make, just making sure. Oh, because the yeah. next, the next uh, Paramount Plus you were talking about is the Offer, and the Offer is a drama miniseries that will chronicle the making of the Godfather. Uh, has a cast that features Miles Teller, Matthew Good, Juno Temple, Dan Fogler, among others. Uh, now, Russell, I mean, you and I are both huge fans of The Godfather. We've been, t- uh, we've yep. been talking about this uh, series that has been developing. This is our first full look at it. What did you think about the offer? I'm down, man. And I think, what, Dan Fogler was supposed to be, what, Mario Puzo? Or is he supposed to be... He's, uh, um, he's Coppola. 
Uh, is he supposed to be Coppola? Okay. Yeah. Um, I think he looks just like him. It's, it's really funny. But um, no, I, I'm totally on board with it. I think it's a fantastic idea for a film. I'm um, speaking, you know, one of my favorite films of all time. I just, I really, you know, I, I'm, I'm curious to see what, you know, what they do with it. You know, I mean, it's such a, an, a cool idea, you know, and I, I definitely would like to see how, you know, how they came to make The Godfather. You know, I think I'm, I'm, I'm down though. I like to, I like Miles Teller. Um, it's just a fantastic idea. I'm looking forward to it. Well, the, well, the funny thing you said that you said film is that there's a series, and the, and the funny thing, the, the funny, what's funny about it is the fact that there actually is a movie in development right now. <laughs> about that's my, the that's same my story. thought. Yeah, and that was going to start. That's okay. starring Jake Gyllenhaal that's... and uh, Oscar Isaac. Okay, I knew. I I remember us talking about. I'm like, fuck. I'm like, wait. I thought there was a movie too. There yeah, is, there okay, is that a makes movie. sense then. So we actually will get to see, you know, what turns out better, the movie or the long form series. Well, not long. Yeah. This, is, this is a miniseries, so it will have an end. But no, yeah, I do think that I think this looks great. I mean, you know, I, I love The Godfather too. It's one of my favorite films of all time, and I, I I love movie. I love movies and shows about making movies like this, especially you know. Yeah. When, when you know you have like troubled productions like this, I, I would love to see them try. Yeah. I love to see them do uh, someone do like a dramatized version of the making of Apocalypse Now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that would be one yeah. Of most, one of the most like famously troubled productions of all time. Uh, next thing we're talking about this is another series not for Paramount, not for Paramount Plus but for Apple Plus uh, this is The Last Days excuse me uh, The Last Days of Ptolemy Gray uh, so this is a, so this is about a man uh, Ptolemy Gray played by Samuel L. Jackson he's on the brink of, sh- of uh, you know falling to dementia but he experiences this seismic shift and he's given this opportunity to go undergo this procedure that will give him all his memories back and he wants to use it to solve, uh, you know, solve some mysteries from his past. Uh, has a cast of features: Samuel L. Jackson, Dominique Fishback, Walton Goggins. Funny enough, because both of them did star in The Hateful Eight. Uh, Omar yeah. Miller, among others. Uh, so, Russell, what did you think of the first trailer for, or the trailer for The Last Days of Ptolemy Gray? I liked it. I mean, I think Samuel Jackson coming back into some serious roles now. Uh, I think is, is always a great thing. Um, yeah, I think I think it looks like a really solid performance. I like the idea, the concept of it. Yeah, I'm done. I think Apple TV Plus is doing like Loki doing some of the Loki doing some of the most interesting original content for any streaming service. Yeah, they're really pushing the yeah envelope with that. Yeah, they're doing like I really like a lot of what they're doing. You know, like Ted, like Ted Lasso, I've sung the phrases. Uh, but you know, look at something like you know C or the Morning Show or Servant. Which I, I think or Dickinson, which is which is really good. Or defending Jacob, I think that they're doing a lot of like really cool stuff that like no one's really talking about it, which which sucks because like I, like I said, I, I think they do have in terms of you know in terms of the like, original content, they're up there up there with the best of them. I I feel like, and I do hope that you know some more eyes get on Apple TV Plus. Not that they're ever going to stop making content, but you know the series could get can- the series could get canceled unceremoniously. So I really hope that people continue to check Apple TV Plus, especially because like it's not. Doesn't cost a ton, honestly. It does not cost. Yeah, a ton. especially with Oscar season, I know I'm gonna probably have to uh, end up uh, getting it. I'm telling you, man, Ted Lasso, you're gonna love it. You're gonna, you're gonna you're gonna watch it. You're gonna come to me and you're gonna say thank you. <laughs> yeah, I know. There's there's a lot of stuff I actually really want to watch, but uh, yeah, I think the Oscar push, I think, is obviously gonna fuel that too. And the last thing we're talking about today is the trailer for Lightyear. This is their actual first, you know, story based uh, trailer, as opposed to the teaser we got before. Uh, this is, like I said, is going to be the story based on the character that inspired 
the Buzz Lightyear toy as seen in the uh, toy uh, seen in the Toy Story franchise. Tim Allen uh, did not return for this. He was not asked. Uh, instead, we got Chris Evans uh, playing the teacher Space Ranger as he uh, becomes a test pilot and starts to lead exposition. As an expedition, expedition to, I guess, evacuate a planet they've been stuck on for a year. It's an interesting take. Um, in, in which case, he will go on a galaxy-hopping adventure to different planets and encounter new enemies. Uh, like I said, Chris Evans will be playing the titular Buzz Lightyear. Also, this cast of features people like Kiki Palmer, Taika Waititi, Uzo Aduba, Isaiah Whitlock Jr., Efren Ramirez, and James Brolin. Uh, so, Russell, what did you think of the trailer for Lightyear? I liked it. I, I, I did. Uh, speaking from somebody, just uh, you know, Buzz is my favorite character out of the Toy Story. Um, just I, I don't know. I, I think that there's so much you can do with this. You know what I mean with this world, just with this character. So, uh, really looking forward to seeing what they do. You know, absolutely. I mean, Buzz Buzz Lightyear is my favorite character in the Pixar canon, not just Toy Story. Like the okay. Pixar canon. Like I I love I love Buzz to death. So when I heard like, yeah. doing like an actual like space adventure featuring Buzz Lightyear, I'm like. Fuck yeah! Sign me up. I'm yeah, interested. Yeah. And this trailer actually, you know, it gives us some more. You know, what the story is. We're gonna see, you know, see some like robots and aliens and laser blasts. And the money shot for me, at least, we got to see. Well, not only because seeing you like the wrist cannon, we got to see him. We got to see our first look at Emperor Zerg. He looks fucking awesome. Yeah. I I am so excited to find out who's gonna be voicing this character. Yeah. Because you know, you gotta get someone like a really, really awesome voice, and you know, you know they're gonna save the wings for the movie. Like, you know, at some point he's gonna like pop those wings. It's gonna be awesome. Uh, Lightyear is my second most anticipated movie of the entire year. Uh, please, please, for love of God, do not put this on Disney Plus. Right behind Cheaper by the Dozen, right? <laughs> right behind Cheaper. I will cry. <laughs> I'm going to. If I can't see some theaters, like I am going to like legitimately cry. <laughs> No, that we we already talked about this. There, there's no way that this movie comes out straight to especially, Disney Plus. Like, has like a lot of like, there's a lot of, a lot of potential for like for box office as well as like franchise potential. I I think. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that is set for a release June seventeenth, twenty twenty two. That's gonna do it for our trailer talk. Now move on to notorious news. Uh, got a lot of stuff to talk about today. First, let's get to some box office talk. Uh, the box office numbers came in. We had one winner and one decided loser. Like, handed loser. Uh, the winner uh, of the of the weekend was Jackass Forever. Uh, Which I will be seeing tomorrow, oh, finally. You still haven't seen it? No, this fucking work schedule sucks, man. I told you, it's it's nasty. I because I wanted to go after work on the Friday uh, when it came out, and they, I don't know what the hell happened. I wasn't able to, and I wanted to go to a later showing during the week. Uh, Regal cut down the late showings um, during the week. They're only on weekends, so I'm like, great. That's, that's so the, I, I think the later showing, I get out of work at like nine thirty, and I think like literally the last showing is like at nine fifteen or nine. It's, it's like bullshit. Yeah, it sucks. It, it, it is weird. Though. But yeah, I'm gonna go see it tomorrow. I'm looking forward to. Yeah. They cut the late showing for this movie of all things. Well, just in general, they, they I think during the week they cut down late showings, um, and the, and the weekends obviously. But it's oh, like okay. it's, it's kind of the week. That's right. okay. Yeah, yeah, which sucks because uh, and there's a there's also um, the one theater, the mom and pop theater I go to down here, Shenango Valley Cinema. They have usually Saturday mornings. They have a uh, 
uh, earlier showing like earlier showings like 10 o'clock in the morning and i think they ended up going later so it's like right close to when i work on saturday my like, great so yeah i'm gonna go see it tomorrow though oh uh, yeah jackass what i'm trying to say jackass debuted with uh 23.2 million uh which you know it's doing fairly i mean it's already made its money back i mean it's yeah only co- it's not a very expensive movie to make co- i mean these movies cost dick to make literally and figuratively um yeah yeah, uh, has it, it's currently sitting at a $30, $30 million box office against a $10 million budget, so already a rousing, yeah. rousing success. And the loser of the weekend was once again, not once again, yeah, once again, Roland Emmerich, Moonfall, not raking in okay. the bucks. Definitely want to watch that, too. I might try to go see that this week, too. Uh, yeah, wrought in a total of $10 million. On its opening, Jeez. against a budget of uh, estimated 138 to 146. Wow, that's a weird ass number. <laughs> did you see? Did you see Moonfall? I saw. I've seen both of these films. Any? Did you like Moonfall at all? No. <laughs> really? Is it really that bad? Oh it's, man, that it, sucks. It's, like it's, it's literally Roland Emmerich doing everything he's done in all of his past movies, and like literally. Oh, in space. What, no, like, watch. When you watch this, you're going to see elements not only from, like, other move, other disaster movies, other sci-fi movies. You're going to see oh, elements God. from, like, his own movies. Like, he like 2012, like, yeah. No, li- there, is, like, there is a whole plot line taken from 2012 that's put into this. Oh, man. Well, yeah, I could kind of figure that. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, uh, so, but, yeah, uh, honestly, I think that th- it, this marked, the la- like, the last hurrah for all Nemrick. Yeah, but it's uh, they're always guilty pleasures now, man. But like what I'm saying, like is, is this gonna be like the last time he? It's like the last. Holy fuck! I'm sorry. I'll get that in a second. It's the last time like any major series gonna gonna trust in him. <sighs> I mean, for that much money, man. I don't know. Yeah, it's wow, oh, it's tough. But look what he's done though. He's 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 put out some some goodies, but then there's a lot of baddies too. Uh, I don't most, know. There's mostly baddies. Yeah, but they're they're guilty baddies though. I'm reading, I'm reading this quote right now. Apparently, that uh, he said that Emmerich wanted to do two back-to-back sequels. If Love this it. Movie was a success. Love it. We are never. We are I, not I, getting the moon. The Moonfall trilogy. Well, hey, who knows? There might be some uh, bonus features on the uh, Blu-ray. Who knows? Yeah, and apparently, like the sequels would have been more, even more batshit crazy than the first, which. I'm now I'm a little curious because like where the fuck do you because like I said I seen it like where the fuck do you go from here but uh, maybe but we'll see but either way Moonfall no <laughs> uh, but speaking of things that are pressing forward with sequels uh, it was announced that we are officially getting another Scream film after the rousing success of the first one uh, not the first one the fifth one I should say Scream 2022 Scream a Scream S five Cream. F- f- five cream. S5 cream. <laughs> uh, currently sitting at a $120 million box office against a $24 million budget. Uh, it, is n- it is now confirmed that their uh, the same creative team will be returning to uh, do another sequel, which, first of all, let me just say congratulations to the, t- to the creative team. I think that you guys made a solid Scream movie. Question is though, and this is the important one. What do you call this next one? <laughs> you're gonna give, you're gonna give it like a like a bogus subtitle. Ah, I don't know. Because you, you can't call it Scream Six, because you're acknowledging that you didn't call Scream Five Scream Five. Yeah, so now it's like, ooh, what do we do? Yeah, what do we do? They, 
they really kind of you know pan themselves into a corner. But uh, did you ever see a scream scream five? I think I think we talked. Yeah, about it. I did. We did the rankings. We have the same rankings. That's right, we did. So, uh, are you excited yeah. about the prospect of, of this team doing a scream six? Yeah, I liked it. I liked it fair enough. Um, again, and you and I agree. I just wasn't the best of the uh, sequels. Um, I just I liked you know obviously we liked the second one and the fourth one better um i would say four and five are close i think four just really was really super creative and i really i really gravitated that more than five you know what i mean i wanted to like this a lot more than i did i I liked it fine but uh definitely not the best of the uh, sequels yeah for sure but either way uh i I do like the screen branch i'm excited to see where oh yeah go from here uh where you would even go from this from uh from from uh you know the ending point of Scream Five, but yeah, you know, I'm 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 intrigued. I think I think there's play, there's things you can do. Um, yeah. But uh, next thing we're talking about is well, there there are two shows that were renewed for season two for season twos, neither of which we've seen so far. Uh, one we one we haven't had the option. The other we just I I don't think we've cared as of yet. But I heard some good words. Uh, both uh, Reacher and Amazon Prime was renewed for season two, and uh, ahead of this of us even seeing a frame of the first season, uh, according to set to star Stellan Skarsgård, uh, the Star Wars series Andor has already been renewed for season two. Hmm. So, uh, starting with Reacher, now, does this, uh, first of all, does the, because I'm assuming you haven't seen Reacher, because I haven't either. No, I, I mean, it's, every time I turn Prime on, they're really, they're priming it, no uh, pun intended. Really uh, it's something I, I'll eventually get to. I, I like the, I like the concept, I like the idea. I just, it's just, there was, the, the two shows, like I told you, I finally watched uh, the rest of uh, Just Like That. Uh, I finished that, <laughs> enjoyed that. And then I um, also watched um, that Kristen Bell one. I watched that Netflix oh, one, the eight the, episodes. Yeah, how was that? Um, the, the seven episodes are good. The last one fucking completely undoes it for me. Really? I, I don't want to give it out too much. Uh, yeah, because um, and you got to keep in mind, like I knew that it was like more of a one of those mystery spoofs, but it doesn't treat itself like that. I mean, it does, but it doesn't. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, when you're watching it, you're really thinking, oh, okay, these things, like, there's certain things that have uh, have meaning or something like that. And then just to get to the payoff, just like, really? Yeah, so can't really recommend that. But it is what it is. Swing back to Reacher, though. I definitely want to start that. It's something I definitely want to um, want to watch. It's been getting a lot of good reviews, too, you know? Yeah, yeah, I've heard that from people I know have yeah. seen it. That's, that's actually really good, so I do want to check it out. Yeah. Um, and, For sure. You know, the season two renewal does actually encourage me to watch it, uh, but the the, the, more the more intriguing thing to me is Andor getting renewed for season two already. Granted, we yeah. haven't seen a frame of this of this show yet, but yeah, a little crazy. Yeah, I mean, like I think that this does. Whenever a company does this, it does show confidence. The last time Disney did this for a show, renewed for season two before season one even premiered, Mandalorian, and that yeah, so. worked out pretty well for him. So. Uh, you know, that does up my excitement for Andor. It's expected to be premiering sometime, I believe, this year, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so, yeah, Russell, is this up your excitement a little bit for Andor? Yeah, for sure. I mean, obviously with, you know, Disney's, their, their track record, I mean, it's a, it's a good sign. So, yeah, looking forward to that, too. Yeah, all right. So, uh, we'll definitely see when, you know, when these shows premiere. Uh, looking at some other things that are happening. Now this is an issue, this is one I want to talk about because I feel like this is a story that's more near and dear, kind of near and dear to you. 
Uh, it was announced that Spike Lee is going to be directing a docu-series about the life of Colin Kaepernick for ESPN. Uh, Colin Kaepernick, who at one point was the starting quarterback for the 49ers, um, then he, you know, kind of like uh, took, uh, you know, didn't took t- focus from football and focus on more like social racial justice issues. Now, Russell, as as the 49ers fan, someone who I, I, I don't know how you feel about Colin Kaepernick, so I do want to get your your thoughts on this. What do you think of a uh, Colin Kaepernick doc docu series directed by Spike Lee? No, I definitely would watch it. Um, it's like a mixed bag, though, honestly, because I remember when it happened. Like, I didn't understand. It was one of those things where, again, I kind of was just ignorant to it, I guess. I was just, you know what I mean? I thought that, you know, we should have taken to a different platform than to, to do it during a football game or during a national anthem. But then I kind of understand where, you know, once you kind of understood what he was coming from, it wasn't the fact that he was being unpatriotic or hating America or anything like that. Um, you know, people burning jerseys and stuff like that, craziness. I still have my Kaepernick jersey in the closet uh, with all my other Niners jerseys, so um, I wasn't radical crazy like that. Um, but yeah, I'm definitely on board with with, with seeing it. Um, I do think that he got um, you know, unfair shake of things. Uh, you know, his time with the Niners. I think his last year with the Niners, I think was just a it was Harbaugh's last year too. Um. It just it just didn't work out because of the fact I think he changed bodily structure. You know what I mean? He was like a a bigger quarterback, and then he went and I don't know if he was like on some kind of like paleo diet or whatever the hell it was, but he shrunk up a lot, lost a lot of muscle, and I just feel like that really hurt him as a quarterback. I feel like he wasn't the same after that. Um, but yeah, definitely uh, definitely on board to get just to just to hear more from from uh, from him and just get the you know what i mean get his uh, side of things you know i feel like we didn't really hear too too much it's like he's been quiet with you know what i mean with everything it really hasn't come out and vocally said anything so i kind of would like to see you know hear his words on stuff you know absolutely oh uh, yes yeah, so i know where i'm one that's dropping but yeah i think i think i think spike lee's just also he's actually a very good documentarian like there are some yeah, who would argue that he's a better documentarian than he is a narrative filmmaker because he's directed some really fucking incredible documentaries, um, but still, I think that yeah. Colin Kaepernick's story that I think Spike Lee is perfect to tell. So I'm very excited to see, uh, you know, how yeah. it turns out. Something yeah. else I'm excited to see how it turns out. Uh, you know, you know, you know, it's popular right now, Russell. Celebrity travel shows. And yeah, I is it? No, Didn't even know that. It's very popular. I mean, look, I mean, there's celebrity of, travel shows. Yeah, there t- I mean, there are tons, there are tons of celebrities that have, like travel, like big celebrities, like Will Smith has a travel show. Chris Hemsworth has a travel show. Zach Efron has a travel Jeez. show. Oh, like like wow. Matt Geo and shit. Well, you know what? Joining yeah. the, you know who's just as big as Will Smith, Chris Hemsworth, and Zach Efron? Macaulay. Jared Leto. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> that you'd get a kick out of that one, huh? The Jared Leto. Oh God, I want to kill myself. But he but he has to do his House of Gucci accent the whole time. <laughs> Where to go? Be fantastic, <laughs> dude. It'd be fantastic. I like it. Macaulay Culkin. Yeah, really? Macaulay Culkin is getting a travel show. You know, basically, you know, him going through his midlife crisis as he go as he goes around the world. Uh, so he's not staying home alone. <laughs> Certainly not. Yeah, I was going to say. So he's not forgetting himself. He's not forgetting. Fantastic. Himself. He's getting. He's getting Good. on the right plane. Uh, what do you he's think not going to get lost anywhere. I like it. Yeah. Would you watch Macaulay Culkin travel show? I, sure. Why not? I like I said. I didn't really know this was a thing. Is is that Zac Efron one? Is that on uh, Netflix? Uh, I. Th- think that's on it might it might be honestly because i honestly didn't know anything about these travel shows oh yeah uh, it, it is on netflix it is on netflix i, I did yeah, see da- that down, then okay down to earth with zach efron 
Yeah, I, I didn't know that this was a thing though. Yeah, no. Where, where's it, where's this other stuff at? Like, where's uh, uh, Will Smith at? Uh, the Welcome to Earth with Will Smith is on Disney Plus. Okay, and where's uh, the Hemsworth? Let me see because I forgot what this one's. Called. This is crazy. This is craziness. I didn't know that. Like, I literally was not even like I was being dead serious. So I literally didn't know this was a thing. Uh, Limitless with Chris Hemsworth is on Disney Plus as well. Jeez. Okay. Well, yeah, I have access to it. I just never, never knew about it. Yeah. Okay. Celebrity yeah, so Travel They're all. They're all the rage now, man. They're all the rage. Macaulay Culkin brings it close to home, though. You know, grew up on. Home alone. So this is gonna. This is really gonna. gonna what happens? It's gonna be actually what happens when he gets out of the house. Yeah, I mean, it's, Kevin's out of the house now. I like it. Yeah, and, uh, and he can actually pay for his own toothbrush. This is good stuff. <laughs> All next, right. Next, thing we were talking about. Uh, there was uh, was announced that the National Treasure, National Treasure is going to be getting National Treasure is going to be getting a Disney Plus show, and they just netted their first major star, and who? could possibly fill these giant shoes left by one Mr. Nicolas Cage. Not the person, not the person I thought, <laughs> not the person I thought they were going to go with. Uh, sh- yeah. Now, look, uh, Catherine Zeta-Jones has been cast I did see as that. a wealthy billionaire type character who's going to be in this show. Uh, it's not the person who's actually going on the stuff, but the, but the person who is going to be, you know, kind of like financing these expeditions. Um, where the hell has she been? I mean, she's popping up everywhere now. Really? That's crazy. I Bang. literally haven't seen. Where's where she, where she been? Banging Michael Douglas? That's where she's been. Yeah, I mean, you know. Uh, but yeah, I mean, like, it's been a while since I've since I've seen Catherine Zeta-Jones in anything, I think. Since what I'm telling you, dude. She's been like off the chain for quite some time. Let me see. What, what, was, what was her last, what was her last like movie that she did? Oh, wow. She hasn't, she hasn't, she hasn't had a movie since Red 2. Jesus, and that wasn't just that was just like a brief. Yeah, she's barely in that one too. Yeah, what was her last one that she starred in? Uh, she apparently has like a big role in this in this uh, British film called Dad's Army. Haven't haven't heard of it. Haven't uh, seen it. But yeah, that was twenty sixteen. That was twenty sixteen. <laughs> she hasn't had she hasn't had a movie since. But you know, she wow. was she's been doing a lot of TV since then. That's, that's what I'm saying. She's been doing a lot of TV. Okay. Uh, she had this uh, series on. What was this? Facebook Watch, Jesus. Oh boy. Yeah, Facebook Watch. Uh, she's on Prodigal Son, which she, she, uh, she's on Prodigal Son, which is on Fox. And uh, she, well, now she's got two. Now she's got two shows coming. She's got uh, Wednesday, um, which she's playing, which she's gonna be playing uh, Morticia Adams on Netflix. Now she's got Natural Treasure. So yeah, it's me, Catherine Zeta Jones. The comeback is well on the way. Get it going, Chicago too. Here we go. <laughs> Chicago to Aurora. Let's do it. <laughs> uh, yeah. Next thing we're talking about, all for Disney Plus. Uh, it was announced that there is going to be a new Goosebumps series in the works. Uh, Goosebumps being based on the R.L. Stein uh, series of books, which did have a television show in, I believe, like the mid to like, mid to late nineties. Yeah, it was like nineties. It was late nineties. I or like. Yeah, right in the mid '90s because I was, was a uh, avid Goosebump reader. I about to say, was, was this your generation? This absolutely was my generation, and it was so funny because, like, I remember Netflix has the Goosebump series, and I was so excited to revisit it, and I watched it like a couple episodes, and oh my god, they're so fucking bad. Well, it's, I was watching it, but it's it's nostalgic. It's nostalgic fun, man. About Goosebumps, I think because like I, I this, this is this is after my time. 
I yeah. came to the, I came to this show as reruns on Cartoon Network, and I did, I did read the okay. books. I did read the books when I was younger. I still have all of them. So yeah, like uh, I mean, here's what I'll say. I think that the point of the show wasn't really to scare you. It was more to have like fun. It was more you know to have some fun in a scary environment, kind of like along the lines like Scooby Doo. Yeah. No, I like I said, I I still I loved it, but it was funny watching it older, and I'm like, oh my god, like this this entertained me. Like I was obsessed. Yeah. It is what it is. Yeah, yeah it's yeah, still cool though. Yeah, they're basically like, like B, like short B horror movies for kids. And, and I'll totally watch the reboot. Yeah, we're getting we're getting, yes. a, we're getting a reboot for Disney Plus with like updated effects, it's, updated dude, know, updated makeup, updated filmmaking. I think it actually could be really cool. This is the viewers beware. You're in for a scare. I remember that was the the fun the fun thing that they used to say before the episodes. That's right. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah, no more left premiering, but yeah, it will be debuting straight for Disney Plus, which is crazy because I, I didn't I didn't even know that they had the rights to Goosebumps. Yeah, I was kind of surprised too. Because like, yeah, who 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 put out the movie is my question. Because I remember the TV show was on Fox, so that should have been more of a oh, Hulu you thing. know what that that makes that makes sense. If it was Fox, that may, no, that's weird. Didn't they make the movie? Sony made that's right. Sony made the movie. Yeah, but I mean, it was used to be on Fox. Uh, yeah, TV. Right. It, was, it was on Fox Kids. So that may, that may, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Maybe maybe we're just split. Maybe maybe they had the TV. Maybe they had the TV rights. Fox has the movie rights. But either way, I'm actually really uh, by a new Goosebumps show. I don't know. Yeah. Something else I'm intrigued by is uh, the Color Purple musical, which is in the works, and we now have a full cast. Uh, the Color Purple based on. The musical, which is based on the book, which was adapted once into a movie by Steven Spielberg in, in the mid '80s, uh, cast that includes, and I really like this cast. Like I said, this, this is going to be a musical. Cast that includes Danielle Brooks, Coleman Domingo, Taraji P Henson, Corey Hawkins, Haley Bailey, and her uh, currently. So, yeah, definitely filling out uh, this cast really nicely. A lot of people who are, I mean, we know a great singer like Corey, like Corey Hawkins, after in the Heights, like we know the dude can sing. Yeah, uh, her phenomenal singer. I yeah, lo- lo- love her. Uh, Danielle Brooks, who's killing it on Peacemaker. I am excited to see her like get more opportunities like this. Coleman Domingo, who's one of my, one of my favorite, uh, you know, uh, favorite like small like, character actors. I think he's fantastic. Uh, so you know, he had Color Purple Musical. Uh, I believe this is. I mean, don't quote me on this. I might be heading for Netflix. Maybe I'm making maybe I'm making that up in my head. Um, being directed by Blitz Bazawule. Uh, oh, he directed that Beyonce movie, Black is King. Uh, so yeah, what do you think of the uh, process of a color purple musical? You ever, you ever seen the original movie? I have not seen the original movie. I believe I read the book. I think when I took women in literature. I think. Yeah, I, mean, I don't know who said, who did. It wasn't Alice Walker. Who's the one that? Uh, uh, who's the one that uh, wrote the book? Uh, let me check on that. I don't think it was Alice Walker. It was, it was Alice another. Walker. Was it okay? Okay, then I okay. Maybe I read that. Then I'm thinking I might have read that. Um, yeah, no, I'm always on board for a good, you know, good musical. Um, you know, it, it's got to be better than prom, right? <laughs> well, we can we can only hope. We can only oh, we, hope. I really need. Problem. I really need to watch that. Do you do you though? Do you really need to watch it? I think I think we should do a commentary for it. I think that'd be why, hilarious. Why prom? <laughs> why prom? I don't know. Cause it looks so bad. I don't know. The follow yeah. up, uh, dear Evan Hansen. Come on, I mean, we gotta I, you know chase it with something, right? <laughs> yeah, I, I've, I've seen the movie. I haven't seen the sh- I haven't seen the show, 
Which yeah. I think the musical version was good. It's apparently supposed to be good. Yeah, I, I I'm always like I said, I, I love musicals, so I you know you get talented cast with it. I mean, it should be should be pretty good. Yeah, for sure. So I'm definitely definitely curious to see it. Oh, apparently Danielle Brooks played the role on Broadway. So oh, good 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 for her getting uh you know getting to be in the, in this as well. Uh, and yeah, this is set for a release in 2023, December 20th, 2023. So it's already it's already <laughs> being teed up for be a big Oscar movie. The Oscar baby. Oscar Beatty season. Uh, next story we're talking about is uh, there is a movie in the works based on the events of the Jonestown massacre, uh, starring uh, two of my favorite of my you know, favorite favorite actors right now at least. Uh, uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt will be playing cult leader Jim Jones, and uh, Chloe Grace Moretz, who's going to be playing someone who survived the Jonestown massacre. Are you, even, uh, are you familiar with the Jonestown massacre? Uh, I'm looking it up right now. Yeah, I'm like vaguely, vaguely familiar yes. by Temple members. Yeah, I'm vaguely familiar with this. Yeah, so in case you're not familiar, this is a, this is a, this is cited as one of the largest mass murder suicides of all time. This has got it's about this is you know Jim Jones who was a cult leader basically accumulated this like giant commune, and when the government was about to come down on him and you know st- I put oh him Jesus. Uh, yeah. He basically convinced 900 people to kill themselves. Wow. Jesus Christ! Yeah, I, I'm, I'm pulling up pictures right now. Wow. Yeah, it, it that's is, craziness. Yeah, it, it is insane, and I am actually, I think this actually can make for a really, really compelling movie. So yeah, as someone who yeah, no, I, totally. What do, you, what, yeah. Do you, what do you think? Yeah, I just happened to see the pictures. I, I've I've heard of it. I, I knew it was a like a, a, a like a cult. Uh, I just didn't know the the stretch of it. Jeez, that's a lot. Um, we checked the pictures out. Um, yeah, yeah, definitely on board with it though. I like that. Uh, I'm fascinated by that kind of stuff. So um, we always watch anytime we get like watch Netflix like murder docs or anything like that or uh, 2020. We watch on Hulu if they have anything. We I think we started one uh, tonight. Anything about like the murders and stuff like that are very just interesting. You know what I mean? I think we we finished the Times Square Killer. We watched that on Netflix. Um, there's so much on Netflix. Like like really, they do a lot of good murder dog so, stuff. So yeah, much, that's so much murder on Netflix. Dude, there's a ton. It's 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 like it's and it's like they murder podcasts. Like they that's a, it's a huge thing. But uh, yeah, definitely on board with it though. And last thing we're talking about, and this is the, this is the big ticket. Uh, we are looking at the Oscar nominations. They did come out today. That was your segue, though, when you said Oscar Beatty, and then yeah, you're like, I "Speaking I, of Oscar Beatty, I, I, bump, I, picked bump, the, I, I picked the wrong movie to. I picked the wrong story to end <laughs> off on. <laughs> That's all right, though. Now, now we could use that. We could connect that now. Well, you know what? Jim Jones probably going to be an Oscar Beatty role for Jessica Gordon-Levitt. Speaking of Oscar Beatty, there we have it. There we go. Just, uh, the Oscar nominations did come out this morning. Uh, a lot of yes, a lot of huhs coming out of this. So let's let's talk let's talk about it. Uh, best visual effects nominees we got are Dune, Free Guy, No Time to Die, Shang Chi and Legend of the Ten Rings, and Spider Man No Way Home. Uh, I feel like this is this is a no contest. I think, I think this one's going to Dune. Yeah, it would just make it would make sense. It, this this award usually goes to the most prestige film of the bunch. Yeah. And you know, you look at the visuals of Dune. It's it's really a, really an incredible accomplishment. So yeah, Dune. I think Dune is taking that one. 
Well, you know, maybe we'll go. Maybe we'll you know do like another like a final tally before we get forward. But there's like our, permi- our preliminary. Oh um, yeah, because I there's a lot I got to mow down. Yeah, uh, best film editing got Don't Look Up, Dune, King Richard, Power of the Dog, and Tick Tick Boom. Uh, this is actually uh, I'm one I'm shocked is not here is uh, Tragedy Tragedy Beth. I think Tragedy Beth is one of the I I think that's a huge snub because I think the editing of that is impeccable. Um, but yeah, uh, I hmm, it's a little tough. I think right now I'm leaning towards either Dune, Tick Tick Boom, or Power of the Dog. I I can't fully say. Mm-hmm. Best costume design. This is actually one of my, one of my favorite categories to look at this year because I think there are so many like incredible nominees that could have got in. And like, do you think of the snubs like that that, that could have been here that didn't end up here? Uh, so yeah, you got, uh, you got Cruella, Cyrano, Dune, Nightmare Alley, and West Side Story. Uh, snub, I think here was uh, Spencer. I think I was Spencer, just gonna say that Spencer. I think I think yeah. Spencer had incre- had incredible costume work. Yeah, I mean, and that's just that's just an Oscar Beatty. That's an easy that's an easy costume design nomination. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think that, I think that could have. But you know, with that out of the way, I think that I honestly think I'm leaning towards Corella for this one. Good for Nightmare Alley getting out there. By the way, yeah. a lot of people are pissed off about that. I I I, 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 I implore this. By the way, I just wanted to throw that out there. I know you and I really enjoy that film. Um, a costume design, yeah, probably maybe Corella. I can see West Side Story winning that too. West Side Story could could very much win. Yeah, I, I could see I could see either one though. Uh, yeah, but I, I'm leaning towards I'm leaning towards Corella. Although Spencer, like I said, Spencer Spencer really should have been here. Yeah, Spencer definitely snubbed. Uh, best makeup and hairstyling got coming coming to America, Cruella, Dune, The Eyes of Tammy Faye, and House of Gucci. What was what was the uh... This, uh, the, I'm sorry. What was the? Um, oh, okay. Makeup. Makeup and hairstyling. Got to go, T- Tammy Faye, man. Tammy Faye or Gucci? Yeah, I think so. I, I think Tammy Faye is just because of, like just 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 because Dude, alone. she looks unrecognizable. But then again, you could say like you know honestly, like let like Letta looked good in, in Gucci. Like I, I I do like a lot of people did not like that movie, and I, I find myself defending it because I I did like it. As weird as that is, I know. But Eyes of Tammy Faye was fantastic. I really, I would like to see that go. That's one. That's one of the ones I haven't seen. Yet. There are a couple that I haven't got a chance to check out. But I'm definitely gonna. That's see before I get out. Before I finish. The, or before, or before I'm definitely glad. Definitely glad that uh, Chastain got mom for it. It's 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 fantastic. You definitely got to. I, I I got to see that. I watched that early when it came out. Like, not a lot of people were talking about it. And I'm like, how does this movie got no like Oscar buzz? Uh, yeah, it's, it's it's pretty good. Best cinematography we got: Dune, Nightmare Alley, Power of the Dog, Tragic Macbeth, and West Side Story. A lot of really great nominations here. I would probably lean towards Tragic Macbeth. I I think the shot composition there is just. Incredible. I haven't seen it. How is that, by the way? Is it good? Oh, it's, it's excellent. Is it like I mean, yeah. but, but it like it's not boring Shakespeare stuff though. It's like engaging. Oh yeah, no, like just like just the way it's shot and the way it's acted. Like it really, it really pulls you in. It's not especially long. So okay, yeah, you see some really strong acting, some great visuals. I I really okay. did love Tragedy of Tragedy Beth. Again, that's another reason why I need to get the Apple Plus here because I I mean I I need to make a push for all these these movies for sure before uh, the the uh, Oscars. But yeah. Uh, production hmm. design: Dune, Nightmare Alley, Power of the Dog, Tragedy Beth, and West Side Story again. It's like the same. It's the same exact ones. Yeah, cut and paste. That, I think that one goes to Dune. 
Yeah, that would make sense. Uh, best sound. We got Belfast, Dune, No Time to Die, Power of the Dog, and West Side Story. I feel like West Side Story or Dune is going to take this one. Yeah, I mean, you could see something. Uh, you could see something randomly coming in, like Belfast. Yeah, I do like Belfast, but yeah, I can see, I can see that stuff too. Best original song. You got "Be Alive" from King Richard. So Beyonce Knowles is fine, is an Oscar nominee. Good for her. Uh, Dos Odoguitas from Encanto. Down to Joy from Belfast. No Time to Die from No Time to Die. And the most the random nominations. Somehow you do from Four Good Days, a movie I literally did not. He- I had no idea. I knew nothing about until this until today. Um, yeah, crazy. I feel no. Like this uh, is, well, the funny yeah. thing about the Encanto nomination is the fact that like this is usually the song that gets nominated is like the popular one. Like most popular it's like one. Bruno. We don't talk about Bruno. Talk about like Bruno the most popular which is, one, which is like surprisingly killing it on the charts. It's the fr- first Disney song in over. 20 years to make number one on, the, on Billboard, which is it, it is really it is a catchy tune. It's a, a, a phenomenal song, but I do think this is the right nomination, and I do. It's gonna, it's gonna be tough. I, I think I think Dosadigita should win. I am or be alive because be alive is also great, but I am really scared that they're just gonna they're just gonna give it to No Time to Die, which I don't I don't I really don't think deserves it. I really it's, it's not the best of the uh, Bond themes. No, and plus, you know, like I said, uh, the and Dos Odegitas and Be Alive are both like substantially better. Like, no, yeah. no, no time to die. Just, like, it feels like trying to put you to sleep. Yeah, no, no time to die is not. Uh, it's no uh, Sam Smith or uh, Adele. Adele or Chris Cornell. Chris Cornell or man. Uh, I mean, it's better than Jack White and Alicia Keys. I'll say that. Yeah, I really wasn't impressed with that. Was Quantum of Solace, huh? That was Quantum really, of Solace. Really, really wasn't impressed with that one. Wasn't impressed with the song or the movie. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, they stay consistent. Uh, best original score, you got Don't Look Up, Dune, Encanto, Parallel Mothers, which was a surprise to me, and Power of the Dog. I mean, Johnny Johnny Greenwood really should win just because the dude turned in like three incredible scores this year. Because he, yeah. he did Power of the Dog, he did Spencer, and he did Licorice Pizza. Uh, Power of the Dog is the one that got in. I feel like it's going to go to Dune, though, which is might be undeserving because Hans Zimmer's score for Dune is fucking phenomenal. That and the fact that like, he only he only has one Oscar. <laughs> and yeah. he's one of the greatest composers of all time. Uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm picking Dune, but I would not be shocked if Power of the Dog won. Uh, moving on to best... Uh, I do want to show, uh, I do want to show that documentary real quick. Uh, best documentary features: Ascension, Attica, Flea, which is animated. I, I think that's. I think it's like Flea is nominated in three different categories: nominated in foreign film, animated, and documentary feature. First time an animated huh. movie's actually done that. That's crazy. Uh, Summer of Soul or Wonder or Wonder Revolution cannot be televised, which was directed by The Roots' is Questlove. So Questlove is now an Oscar nominee. Congratulations to him in writing with fire. I really would like to see Questlove win this. I would like to see Summer of Soul win. I feel like it's going to be Flea, but I would really like to see Summer of Soul because I, I do love Questlove. Uh, best foreign feature, best international feature, I should say. Uh, Drive My Car, Flea, Hand of God, uh, Lu- <laughs> Lunana, A Yak in the Classroom, and The Worst Person in the World. I'm shocked Parallel Mothers was not here. <laughs> Yeah, because uh, what Penelope Cruz is yeah. Penelope Cruz on that one? She she's is. getting a lot of good, bu- a lot of a lot of good buzz with that. I mean, yeah, it's kind of so. crazy. She's, she's fucking excellent in the film. So um, I need I need to go see that. There's there's so many. But like with all the nominations, Drive My Car is getting, it's gonna be Drive My Car. 
And try my card. Like I, it's funny because I actually see it's like playing relatively close. It's it was it's not side of Pittsburgh, but uh, it's crazy that this random theater got it. Um, I might have to make a trip down there to check it out. It's like three hours. Yeah, uh, best animated feature: Encanto, Flea, Luca, The Mitchells vs. the Machines, and Raya and the Last Dragon. I feel like this is going to be Encanto's Oscar to win. Yeah, although I, I really do enjoy Raya in The Last Dragon. Let's just Raya was good. I really loved Mitchell's yeah. Machines, but I feel like it's going to be Encanto's to win. Yeah. It hit it, it hit it just the right time. It's, it's got the resonance, and I feel like it's got the staying power. So, yeah. Yeah, I feel like that's going to take it. Uh, best adapted screenplay. You got Coda, Drive My Car, Dune, Lost Daughter, and The Power of the Dog. I feel like this really could be The Lost Daughter. Yeah, I, I mean, I did enjoy well, that yeah, movie. Did, did um, you watch it? I haven't seen this one yet. I did. I I, I like the performances. I like the movie. I'm really surprised that it uh, it got uh, quite a bit of Oscar love. Yeah, I mean, I could see that. Yeah, it's one I definitely want to check out before. I need, it's, it's one of the ones I need to check out before the ceremony. Yeah, uh, there's. Oof, I'm behind. Best original. I would like to see Dune Dune win just because you know Denise nominated here, which <laughs> we'll get to that in a second. Um, Original screenplay, you got Belfast, Don't Look Up, King Richard, Licorice Pizza, and The Worst Person in the World. I feel like it's going to go Licorice Pizza just because PTA doesn't have an Oscar yet. Yeah, and he's so, not going to win Best uh, Director. Solely because he doesn't have an Oscar yet, and I feel like he's going to get it for this. And, and, and I'm finally going to be able to maybe see that this weekend. It's either it's going to be him or Brana for Belfast. And I'm good with Belfast because that's... Uh, I really like that movie. It's great. Uh, Best Supporting Actress, Jesse Buckley for The Lost Daughter, Ariana DeBose for West Side Story, Judy Dench for Belfast, Kirsten Dunst for Power of the Dog, and Anjanue Ellis for King Richard. Now, I will say, this is not the person Belfast I thought would be here. (laughs) Or anybody thought would be here. No, for sure not. Not Judy Dench. She's hardly in it. Yeah, uh, Katarina Balfi was the one I would bet money on that she was going to get an nomination. Absolutely, and uh, Judy Dench just because she's Judy Dench. Yeah. But uh, I'd love to see Kirsten Dunst take it home. See, I feel like she was like she was teed up, like she was the odds-on favorite to win. But Ariana Debose is like really catching a lot of heat, and. I mean, she's good. I don't think she's she's good, and I don't think it's like, oh I, my I, god. I, I think I think I think Rita Moreno's better than her in this movie. Yeah, I I I'm I'm pulling for yeah, KD I, I think, again. I haven't seen Lost Daughter yet, so I can't talk to I can't talk to the quality of Jesse. Oh, Buckley. Jesse Buckley's good too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I would love to see Kirsten Dunst one or or Anjanue Ellis. I think Anjanue Ellis is really is really fantastic in King Richard. Yeah. Uh, best supporting actor. You have Kieran Hines for Belfast. Troy Kotzer for Coda. Uh, Jesse Plemons for The Power of the Dog, J.K. Simmons for Being the Ricardos, and Cody Smith-McPhee for also for The Power of the Dog. Jesse Plemons was the one that was like the big shock because you know it was look. Like, you talk about the people who were contending for like the last spots, or for, like for the couple. Yeah. Actually, Plemons and J.K. Simmons. No one's talking about J.K. Simmons for for best supporting actor for this. You know, like the people who were being tossed around were like Bradley Cooper, Jared Leto, uh, Jamie Dornan for Belfast. Yeah. Uh, I would like to see Bradley Cooper get in. I know he's barely he's barely in Liquor's Pizza, but I would I would like to see him get in. Um or uh, or Jamie Dornan. I think Jamie Dornan would also deserve Jamie Dornan Pizza. was really good. Yeah, I I like that. But I am not upset about Plemons getting a nomination. I think he's a fantastic actor and he's really great in Power of the Dog. But And he was in Friday Night Lights. So he got that going. But either way, I think this is Cody Smith-McPhee's. I I think Cody Smith-McPhee is the odds-on favorite to win, so I'm I'm 
still betting on him, but we'll, we'll see how it turns out. Best lead actress. You got Jessica Chastain, The Eyes, Tammy Faye, Olivia Coleman for The Lost Daughter, Penelope Cruz for Parallel Mothers, Nicole Kidman for Being the Ricardos, and Kristen Stewart for Spencer, who I was actually really case, scared was not going to get too, in. Case baby. Case too. I was so scared she was not going to get in. Yeah, a lot of people were. I, I definitely, I, I'd love to see Chastain, but uh, I, I liked Case too. So, I mean, it, 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 my pick. I think that for the longest time, Kristen Stewart was the was the front runner to win this. Yeah, tides have changed a bit though. Right now, it's looking like Olivia Colman. Again, for Lost Daughter, really. Again, you saw it. I haven't, so I can't really speak to her. She's good. She's good, and I mean, like, I I get more out of the Kristen Stewart. Maybe just because I like. I like the Princess Diana stuff more. I don't know. Um, I think Stewart's performance is better than Coleman's, and Coleman just won for the favorite, so I don't know. I mean, that really hasn't seemed to bother the Academy. I mean, I mean the thing is, like, three actors here already have an Oscar. <laughs> Jessica Chastain and Kristen Stewart don't. And, yeah, Kidman has. I'd love to see Chastain, but Chastain should have been nominated for Molly's Game. We've talked about that before. So she should have been nominated for Molly's Game. Um, yeah, I, I, would be, I would be cool with Chastain or Stewart. Uh, best Actor, Javier Bardem for being the Ricardos, Benedict Cumberbatch for Power of the Dog, Andrew Garfield for Tick, Tick, Boom, Will Smith for King Richard, and Denzel Washington for The Tragedy of Macbeth. Uh, only one here I haven't seen is Javier Bardem. I haven't seen being the Ricardos yet. Uh, again, on my list. I'm going to definitely see it before ceremony time. Uh, Will Smith, still the front runner. I think that yeah. of the acting categories, he's probably like the second biggest lock behind Coach McPhee. Uh, I believe the thing after Chadwick last year. I don't believe in locks. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. He, like Chadwick then, was going to win that Oscar, and then just like hey, well, nope. Well, Anthony Hopkins isn't in this one, so he's not. Should be okay. Again, I don't know though. Yeah, Will Smith is still my my pick to win. Yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing him or uh, Benedict Cumberbatch would be okay. It's weird, like like nobody here. Like there's nobody here. I I wouldn't mind seeing win an Oscar or. I mean, I would mind a little. No, bit. They're all was, all likable. I would mind a little bit who was Bardem or Washington because again, Washington is phenomenal in Tragedy Beth, but he he's got two of them already. Uh, yeah, Batch is one of my favorite actors. Andrew Garfield's. Great. I like Cumberbatch too. Yeah, and uh, Will Smith. Will, Will Smith like gives one of the best performances of his entire career. So I think that I think he deserves it. But you know, we'll see. Yeah. Winning. Uh, best director: Kenneth Branagh for Belfast, uh, Ryusuke Hamaguchi for Drive My Car. Paul Thomas Anderson for Licorice Pizza, Jane Campion for Power of the Dog, and Steven Spielberg for West Side Story. Now, this to me is the biggest snub of the entire the entire nominations. Denis Villeneuve not being here, like that to me is in a, is is egregious, frankly. Yeah, and like I mean Spielberg being West Side Story, like you could really sub him out. You can I, like you can sub out Spielberg, sub, sub out Spielberg, sub out PTA. PTA, yeah. Um, I, mean, I would sub out Brana. I think I think Brana deserves to be here, but I would sub I would sub him out. I I think that Denise like Denise directorial efforts in Dune is better than anybody in this category. I mean I can't speak to uh, Hamaguchi because I haven't seen Drive My Car yet, but of what I've seen, and again, no disrespect to any, like anybody anybody here, because I do think they all did a phenomenal job with their respective films, but. I think, like, you look at what Denis had, like, what Denis accomplished with Dune, like, he deserved a nomination. Yeah, it's super crazy, uh, 
Yeah, just I, the snubs. The snubs this year are pretty crazy, though. Yeah, he, like he's, he to me is the biggest snub of the entire nominations. I think he deserved to be here. Dune, Dune has ten Oscar nominations, like, and you, you and you're not going to nominate the filmmaker behind it. I think I, th- I think I think that's bullshit. But yeah, we'll see. Uh, my pick right after this is Jane is Jane Campion to win for Power of the Dog. Uh, and last category, best picture. They used all ten spots this year, Russell. I was so excited about that, though. It's about time. They you have ten, to, you utilize ten. They had to use them all this year. Uh, now, your best picture are Belfast, Coda, Don't Look Up, Drive My Car, Dune, King Richard, Licorice Pizza, Nightmare Alley, Power of the Dog, and West Side Story. Good for Nightmare Alley. What what a what a Congra- what a sneaker! Congratulations for Nightmare Alley. Honestly. I really like that movie. A lot of people were pissed about too. the nomination. I didn't see but, it. I, um, I, I was really good. I'm good with it. So I was I was really kind of I was super surprised and I was I was really glad because I I enjoyed that film. Yeah, uh, I think the front runner right now is Power of the Do- uh, Power of the Dog, which is a, which is a great yeah. film, which is a really great film. Uh, I I've don't tried to watch it twice and haven't gotten through it. Uh, yeah, it's 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 a, it's a slow burn for sure, not very plot. I, I need I need to get I need to get back into it. I don't know. It's just one of those ones. I watched it twice. I'm like I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it. And I just uh, I haven't been able to do it. I gotta get myself into game mode though. I mean, yeah. Uh, so yeah. Uh, I mean, one to me at least, the fact that last duel got nothing. Like, Dude. absolutely nothing. And I'm pissed about that too because I know you and I are big, big advocates of that film. Um, yeah, and I was, I was really surprised. I know, like Hasaguchi, I was really surprised Hasaguchi didn't get nominated either because I thought that would be like a uh, kind of like one of those um, Academy shoe-ins. You know what I mean? I, I think that 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 had a, a feel for an Oscar Beatty film. Um, but yeah, Last Duel for sure. No acting, like performances, like nothing. It was really crazy because it was a fantastic film. As far as acting goes, I think I think Jodie Comer is one of the bigger snubs for best actress. I think I really think she deserves the nomination for best actress. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's those are the these those are the nominations, and we now have about two. Well, good news is Russell, you have a lot of time to sit, to sit and get through these movies because uh, the ceremony is because the Olympic ceremony will not be until March twenty seventh, twenty twenty two. So you plenty of time. Plenty of time to watch all these uh, great, wonderful films uh, yep. nominated. Best time of the year. Oh yeah, uh, that's gonna do it for Notorious News. We're gonna move on to the movie of the week, which is Avon Edward... calling. <laughs> Ed... <laughs> Ding dong, Avon calling. Oh, Edward Avon Scissorhands. Calling. Uh, so yeah, uh, this is a very fitting movie. I mean, despite the fact that the you know, real life romance behind this wasn't, uh, you know, didn't didn't go super great in real life, but uh, no, Winona forever, no. Yeah, that was one of the most ill. Don't get look unless you're like really sure. Don't get a tattoo of, a, of your of your uh, girlfriend's name on your any part of your body. Yeah, you got to make sure that you guys are in it for the long haul. And like unless like you have to like really know you're in it for the long haul. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but yeah, so. Uh, this movie came. Uh, this movie came out in the year of the year of our Lord, nineteen ninety. Yes. Uh, he was now, Tim Burton at this time was writing a massive high. Which remind me, this is our first Tim Burton movie we're going to look at. Second. What, what was the first? Planet of the Apes. Fuck, Planet you're of the right. Apes. One of our very first. <laughs> dude, dude, it, it was funny because I was sitting there thinking about. It. I'm like, dude, we never did a Tim Burton film, and son of a bitch, I was like, Planet of the Apes. 
How about that? Glad I got to hit you with that. Yeah, you did. No, you, you, you got <laughs> yep. me. Yep. You got me. Shot. It, it is shocker. Out of anywhere we could have gone, Planet of the Apes, we did. Well, I think we're talking about like like failed reboots or some shit like that. So. Yeah, it was like it was bad reboots, and yeah, that one took the cake, and rightfully so. But I can't believe that was our that was our intro to Burton for the for the podcast. Yeah, but not, but it's our intro into good Burton. Yes. Yeah, so yeah, this is we're looking. So yeah, uh, Burton at this time was writing like a massive, massive high. Yeah, he, like he directed three movies that were both critical and commercial successes, all back to back. Yeah, Peter's Big Adventure, then Beetlejuice, then Batman. Yeah, so, like he basically had clearance to do whatever the hell he wanted. Yeah, so he decided to take a story from a story that he came up with when he was younger and like turn it into a feature film. And yeah, this that's what he did with Edward Scissorhands. So, what is it about this movie that and it came out it was a mass success? Well, so when what is it about it that you know just captured the hearts of so many people? We're gonna find out. Uh, this is Edward Scissorhands. We start with an opening, the o- the opening from the candy the candy factory from hell. Yeah, it's yeah, it's it's the uh, it's Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. No, yeah, this, this is literally an intro he would rip <laughs> off from him from himself. Like yeah. about a decade and a half later. Yeah. Uh, we then see an an elderly grandma with with her an elderly grandmother with her granddaughter. Her granddaughter is asking about the snow. He's asking, he asking why is it snow? <laughs> Grandma's little senile. She looks familiar though. She looks a little familiar. Now, <laughs> now basically, the reason it snows is because of this. A long time ago, there was an inventor who, uh, he, you know, he, he, you know, he lived up on top of the hill, and one, and he, one, his greatest creation was this being with scissors for hands. Um, and you're like, wait, what? So, uh, he was working on this, on this being, on this, like, he's trying to like build a person, yeah, from the ground up. Uh, and thing is, uh, he died before finishing him. So he was just up there alone by him. After the event, after the adventure died, he was up there alone by himself for who knows how long. Not a, not a mean not a mean joke. Uh, it, he legit died. Yeah. Uh, poor Edward. Poor Edward. So, but you know, we that, like that, that's that's like our like our little like intro to it. Like you know, mm-hmm. like like you know, like to set the scene. Now we ne- well the bulk the bulk of the story actually takes place in like Tim Burton's suburbia. Uh, it's like if Tim Burton met the Stepford Wives. Basically, yeah, or Tim Burton, or, or Tim Burton made Ple- kind of like, or if Tim Burton made Pleasantville. T- t- yeah, Tim Burton's Pleasantville, Burtonville. Yeah, uh, we meet, there you we meet go. one of our main characters, Peg Boggs, who is uh, she is the local Avon lady for this place, which is yeah, hits for me. In yeah, a, that was a thing. Yeah, no, hits for me in a different way because both my mom and my grandmother were Avon ladies. Dude, I remember when Avon was huge. Avon was um, massive. Yeah, yeah, you could like make a living going door to door. It's crazy. It's, it's absolutely crazy. Now, and this is well, this is something we didn't get to talk about a lot with the Planet of the Apes. What's a great thing that Tim Burton is a filmmaker is the fact is his ability to create these like strange, like wonderful environments, but also like yeah, environments that are like cap like captured you, capture your imagination, captured your, you know, capture your attention, but also like were off putting in a way. 
because they're always yeah because like this this neighborhood is very well defined. I mean, you have you know you have your town gossip, you have your you know your Christian shut in, you have your uh, you know <laughs> you have you have your neighborhood milf. Yeah, um, yeah. Like this is actually like a very well defined neighborhood. And, like it, it even like even the fact that like this, this doesn't look this doesn't look real. Like it looks it looks like it looks like a set, but you're just so engrossed in the world that like it doesn't matter to you. No, and it's I mean, and if when it, if you've watched enough Burton films, you get that you know obviously he puts his stamp on his on his films, and you you know this is a Burton product, you know. Yeah, the production designer, this uh, Bo Welch, who's done a lot of work on Burton and various on film films, did an, yeah. he does an excellent job. Uh, he does an excellent job here. Uh, I also do love like I just love like the practicality of this place. Like it's like the suburban neighborhood, and then like like just on this one street, there's a road leads up to like a medieval castle. Like a gothic yeah, castle. that's what I was like. like. What the hell? Yeah, I laugh about it too. It's like almost like Adams Family esque. Yeah, you know like, what I mean? It's like they they live so close to like civilization, but it's like literally right down the street, and it's like up a big driveway. That's it, and there he is. You know? Yeah, like who like who designed this shit? Yeah, it's like dude, it's like, like nobody's like, creeped out by this giant dark castle at all. It's like the castle was already here. They just built they just built the neighborhood around it. And just just never questioned yeah. it. It's like yeah, whatever. Uh, this is just this is just normal. Yeah. So, uh, Peg this uh, decides to you know just let's, let's, let's go investigate the creepy ass castle. She needs to get them sales, man. Got to get got to get them sales up. Yeah. Uh, so uh, she she goes in. She sees that first of all the production design of this movie. I don't think we can't we can't overstate this enough. Production design here is absolutely fucking stellar. Like even this, in 1990, you're looking at this 32 years later. It's fantastic looking. And like even then, like what was the budget for this film? Twenty million dollar, which is like you know, no, like, it was nothing. Not, not a ton. The fact that like no, Burton Bowers was able to like just, like just this castle alone. Like you look at like the like the the, mena- the menagerie, and you look at the interiors, and just like how like well defined this feels. Like it's just it's in like, it's it's incredible. I, I feel like this is this is phenomenal. Oh yeah, and shout out to uh, Elfman uh, score, beautiful oh, as always. Elfman score, and like there's one, there's one piece in particular that's my absolute favorite. But the the snow. Yeah. <laughs> we'll oh that. my god, that score. We'll talk about it later. Yeah, oh. we'll talk about it later. But yeah, she goes to investigating uh, the castle, and that's where we meet our titular character, Edward Scissorhands, played by Johnny Depp. Now, mm-hmm. look, his personal life, modern day aside, I'm just gonna say, <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna talk about this right now. Just for me, for talk about the, from my perspective, there was a time where Johnny Depp was my favorite actor on the planet. Yeah, I mean the guy was look at look at the, look at his box office. Look what he's yeah, done. He was a dude who, but it's not just like his box office. In, in, oh in, no, in yeah. Where, where you where you look at Johnny Depp and like the the the, the path his career took. See Johnny Depp in the late eight the mid to late eighties, he was yeah. a teen. He was considered a teen heart. Like yeah, people, like, like Nightmare on Elm Street, yeah. Nightmare on Elm Street, 21 Jump Street. People, like, girls were obsessed with him. The thing is, and like you know, a lot of that will take that and just run with it, Depp hated the fact that he was a, that he was a teen heartthrob. So he yeah. decided to spend the next decade of his career taking all these like weird, interesting, like strange movies with these strange roles to kind of like separate himself from that. And that's something I, like, I really respect about him. Yeah, time, but he did so much. Like his palette was so much with different paints, you know. Yeah, and this is a guy. He he had like such this such incredible range because like you look at him in real life, you know, like he's like you know the kind of the kind of like a, like a rock star type dude. 
But then you look at something like in this movie where like Edward, like he's he's so like reserved yet whimsical to where like he's idealistic but like he's like so cautious about everything. And like his performance in this film is absolutely incredible. Yeah, and even like you can throw shelter to there because I mean he was very, you know, yeah. lack of social interaction, like that human interaction. Um, just so much and uh, yeah, he really embodies this character really well. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, you see like you know, this and also like the the look of him is so fantastic. He's got the all black suit and like the scissor hands which make keep twitching all the time. Love yeah, it. Like, yeah, like what why like, <laughs> you don't even question like why scissors? Like of yeah. all the things you could have like put on his hands, like as a placeholder. Because let me find like these scissors were like placeholders. Of all the things you could have put there, <laughs> why scissors? Yeah, but dude, like, and again, in 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 the in the world of Burton, though, it just it looks it just it. I don't know. You're not like, yeah, you see it the first time. You're like, wow. But like, you don't question it when you see it again. You know what I mean? It's just like, oh, this is just as part of him. This is him being different. You know what I mean? Um, I don't know. It's just it's it's. I don't know. It's just just great filmmaking, you know. Yeah, Stan Winston did the did the makeup animatronics for and the uh, special effect for this film. But yeah. Like, the fact that this did not, this didn't win best makeup. Was it even was it nominated? It was it was nominated. It, it didn't win. I'm trying to see like what beat it. 1990. Because like something beat it, or just like or just like okay, uh, but. Yeah, uh, it lost. Okay, yeah, no, it lost, it lost to Dick Tracy, which I mean, the makeup for that is Dick, good, but Dick Tracy is good. But I mean, like this is like you look at it like going on thirty-two years. Like I, I think Edward Scissorhands look more natural than Dick Tracy. Absolutely. I mean, I, I know Dick you Tracy know is supposed to look natural, but I think the, the makeup job here is like far, far more impressive. Yeah, they, yeah, it, it, what they did with it, like very simplistic, but still, it's very unique with his scars and stuff on his face too. You know. Yeah, so being the good-natured Samaritan that uh, Pe- Peggy is, she decides yeah. to take take the strange man with knives for hands home. Yeah, I mean, she never watched Nightmare on Elm Street, so she does not know what's going on. Uh, yeah, but she yeah, so she t- she takes him home. You see, and we see like Edward, and I, I, I like the fact that like the the the, the neighborhood is all colorful, and he's all he's all in, like black and white, just to sh- just to show like the contrast between him and the na- and the neighborhood. In color, yeah. And something that Tim Burton talked about with this film is the fact his portrayal of suburbia, where like it's just on the outside looking in, like, yeah, it's kind of a weird place. Yeah, because it's like all cookie cutter; it's all the same. Like all the houses look the same. It reminds me of almost like a Doctor Seuss, um, those those like cat in a hat, those those houses that all look the same. You know what I mean? Yeah, but like, he's, um, yeah. like he's, he's, it's like it's not he's not like malicious about it. He's like he portrays it like like he said like his intention wasn't be malicious. Or be like judgmental that people who like live in these kind of environments he just so like to him it's weird. Like to well, to him, like, to him that's he, he's Edward, yeah. and he's the one looking out through his eyes is what we see. You know what I mean? How he feels when he sees that? Yeah. Yeah, like like to him this this is to him this is strange. This is like sort of alien. Yeah. And this is how it's kind of portrayed here, and I do I do think that's like a very interesting way to go about it. Especially the way this yeah. this could have been, and we'll talk about how like how this kind of subverts a lot of tropes this movie would usually have in a second. But yeah, he go, he goes uh, to his house to to the uh, to their house, and he sees the picture of their daughter. Uh, I believe it's Kim, right? Kim. 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 Yeah, that yeah. sounds right. Yeah. Yeah. Kim. Kim Boggs, played by one of well, his then girlfriend, one owner writer, 
Yep. A romance we'll get into when she actually enters the film. And I, I do think that like, this is like a really interesting way to go about it because, you know, like the enam- the enamoration with her starts before she's even introduced. Yeah, he just he just sees the picture. You can tell that he's very enthralled by her. He just he really there's something about her that captures him. You know. Yeah. Uh, I also do like the fact that. First of all, we go we go to the, we go to the dinner scene where it's just this this scene is just hilarious where he's trying to actually like you know do, oh. do things with uh, his pee like with the pee he's trying to balance the pee on the blade. Yeah, but the fact like yeah. I, I love the fact that like they the family just like they're not they're not phased they're not weirded out they're just like you know what this is this is how you are and we're here and I love Alan family. I love Alan Arkin as the dad too. Oh, Alan, Alan Arkin's <laughs> hilarious in this movie. Yeah, I, I do. Uh, Alan Arkin with some hair, so yeah, it's a little bit uh, interesting to see. But yeah, definitely, I love I love this whole dinner scene too. It's it's, it's really kind of fun. Yeah, I saw the next scene because like the whole reason she brings him in is because like when she sees him, he's you know he's pasty, he doesn't get a lot of sun, and he's literally all scarred up because yeah. you know, he can't he can't do anything. He can't like he can't do anything to himself without like you know, yeah. getting getting you getting you, a you, you get a nose itch, forget about it. <laughs> yeah. You get something in your eye, for, you're going blind, son. Yeah, yes, you're done. <laughs> I, I listen more like she's like trying to make him up. Yeah, it literally looks like Violet Bologo, like Violet. <laughs> Turn it Violet, Violet. Like, and he, yeah. And he's just so content about it, just like, okay, let's go. Yeah, it, but it's, she does it so calming, though. She's like so yeah. gentle with him, you and know? I, and thing, like, I, I love, she has, yeah. I love Diane Weiss as an actress. I think like she's like a perfect actress to get when you just like, need, like, you know, it's like this like average, like mild mannered mom. Yeah, but she's so comforting. There's, there's something so, so comforting about her, her voice, about and just her. she's so soothing. No, absolutely. Also, someone who is weird to see with longer hair. Can you seeing her with like the pixie cuts? Oh yeah, yeah, because she yeah definitely got shorter hair. But yeah, it's definitely nice to see her with some longer hair. Yeah, we also see the Edward. Uh, you know, he's he's kind of skilled with uh, you know, as you would imagine, with someone with knife hand. Got some time to practice, and he's a little bit skilled with uh, with a uh, shrub with shrubberies as he can like carve like these like elaborate. Elaborate pictures. Out so of, cool, though. Oh, it's, yeah, it's, it's it's so cool watching him work. It's like, yeah, like like it makes you feel like like when you see him do this, you feel like it's the equivalent of like watching like Picasso paint. Yeah, and like we're almost like I mean, obviously you'll see it later, but it's almost like the chainsaw guys that do the sculptures, the ice sculptures. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, the ice it's it's all. Uh, I mean, like I'm just taking it from there, but it's like you know, it's it's so beautiful, it's so effortless for him though. You know? Yeah. No. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, so then the, you know, the, the Bog family decides to have a barbecue, you know, introduce the neighborhood to Edward. And this is where we get, this is where, like, we get a, uh, an element that I actually really like in this film, because, like, they start doing a series of flashbacks, but, like, we already know the story of Edward, we know, like, we know how he came to be, but I do yeah. like that they spend time, like, actually, they spend time showing it. Which, like, that, yeah, that's the uh, thing about, that's the thing about the film, you know, like, show, don't tell. So, yeah. Periodically throughout the film, we get these flashbacks regarding the adventure with the adventure played by Vincent Price, horror icon Vincent Price, in what would be his last major film role. Thriller Zone, Vincent Price. Thriller Zone, Vincent Price. Uh, It's a thing where, like, Tim Burton, and he's talking about this on on a regular basis, Tim Burton, his relationship with with Vincent Price was something that was very special to him. Matter of fact, he made an entire uh, stop motion animated. I think it was a short. I don't think, I don't think it was a full feature about his relationship with, with Vincent Price, 
and he and like after he died, he never released it because like it was just it was too personal for him to like uh, uh, maybe maybe didn't finish it. But like the point is like it never saw the light of day because like it was too personal for him. Uh, yeah, you know, like he, this is a guy where like he and like, you you've seen Ed Wood, right? Uh it's I I, I don't think I, I might not have. I might have seen a little bit of it. I don't think I've seen it like of all the whole way through. Well, in in Ed Wood, like the relationship that Ed Wood has with Bella Lugosi is very much modeled after the relationship he had with Vincent Price. Uh. Where it's like okay. someone like you, it's someone who you respect and admire, and they love the fact that you admire them. The fact, the point with the fact, like you become, you like to develop like this genuine friendship with them. And yeah. I, it's it's great that they actually got to work together on one because the only this is the only movie he appeared in before before he passed away, and it's great that they were able to have this one moment. And the fact that like this this final his final film came. And it's Burton yeah. project. I think I think that's just a perfect way to end. But it's fit. But it's fitting for him as being a horror icon, and and obviously Burton's gothic style. You know, I mean, it's it's a perfect fitting for it. Yeah, we see that he runs the like I said, he runs he runs the cookie shop from hell because it looks, the place looks like a nightmare. But like you see, like yeah. you see all the equipment, like what the fuck is he like in the in the, in the, in the opening credits? You're like what the fuck is he doing here? And you find out yeah. like, it's just like an elaborate bakery. Yeah, just a, yeah. This 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 is just his kitchen. Just like what the what the hell? It's like who's paying that electric bill? Yeah, and you know, seeing like his machines, he just that's where he's, that's basically how he decides to. That's how he decides to you know, bring a machine to life. Essentially, yeah. that's where where he gets the idea for Edward. But you know, we we cut back to the to the actual barbecue, and like I something I like I like by the fact that like the neighbors at first like they're actually like very welcoming to Edward. Yeah, but then you start to see they peel back the onion layers, and you got to see, you see really like true intentions and stuff like that. As the film goes on, but like, when, yeah. when, like, and in this, in this scene right here, like, I think it's a very nuanced portrayal of how you know how they would react to someone like this. But I, th- yeah. I do like the fact that actually they're all like very they're they're very kind to him at first. Yeah, which I mean, you're you're glad watching it because you don't want to see anybody because he's not a malicious person, though you would think so. Based on appearance, you know what I mean. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we see you know, it's more it's more of uh, you know more of his building with with the inventor, and this is where we meet uh, the last major character. Well, that's the last two major characters of the film, Kim and play by like I said, play by Winona Ryder, and her boyfriend Jim, played by Anthony Michael Hall, giant asshole. Which yeah, look, I he's <laughs> most famous for playing nerds in movies. But when Anthony Michael needs to play an asshole, yeah, Rusty Griswold steps up. <laughs> he, st- he steps. He steps up and he steps out. He's incredible. Yeah, he's really good in this film. He's really easy to hate in this film, but that's you know kudos to Anthony Michael Hall. Um, but you just see how opposite that their characters are. How opposite Winona Ryder's more innocent, more you know nurturing, and Anthony Michael Hall's character just kind of embodies the opposite of that. You know. Uh, <laughs> she gets back. She gets back at a later time where like she's supposed. To, she gets back earlier than she's supposed to. So oh yeah. She when he's in the water bed. She doesn't know that. Yeah. She doesn't know that Edward's here. And so, I do love to see where he just, like, gets up and just like starts like stabbing holes in the water bed. I also dated because uh, my parents had a water bed oh, back really? in the day and they were oh they were hella comfortable. I always wonder what a water bed felt like. Cause I never, I've always wanted to like try, like try one for a night. Oh my! I remember. I, I used to sleep in a lot. Yeah, I. Uh, it was very comfortable. <laughs> but yeah, so 
it's, 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 this scene is like hilarious confusion because like she thinks like an axe murderer. The fa- the family's like, no, just calm down. It's fine. It's fine. It's Edward. Edward's just like wet walking around. It's yeah, like, I don't know. He's what just walking do. around. Yeah, with like a, like a dog almost. You know, with his paws like hanging down, like so innocent. Yeah, but then like you see like again, I I, I love the dynamic between Edward and and the Boggs family because you know you see like the him and his dad have like him and the dad have like a heart to hearts. Or like, Dude, just, like, the girl yeah, it's lemonade. <laughs> like, what is this? It's lemonade. <laughs> just, it's like oh, can, he's making a face like he just drank fire. Yeah, because he's like he's he, the box is obviously Arkin uh, takes Edward downstairs in the basement to the bar and kind of like just chill out and they have a cup they have drinks and obviously he's never had alcohol so he goes what is it he was all oh, lemonade so yeah it, this is a funny scene though yeah it is uh, we then see that Ed, that Edward is. Really becoming popular around town. Not only is he you know, making appearances at uh, Kevin's school, but he is going around and doing the shrubs for basically the entire neighborhood. Yeah. And you know, this w- and you know that comes in the movie. Like we now get a chance, to, like really, like, you know, look into this relationship because, you know, like he's you know, he's awkward around people. But, like he's really awkward around Kim. Whenever he shows up. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, again, you you start to see it a little bit though. He's just nervous around somebody. It's it's natural though, you know what I mean? Nervous like a a guy's nervous in front of a girl that he likes for the first time. You know what I mean? Like to to get to know her, um, and you just see how awkward and like shy and reserved he is. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, we also see that you know Edward's like he's tr- he's trying to you know, really kind of like make it for himself in, in society because he's trying to find, he's trying to find his place, which is the big, which is the big theme of this film. Yeah. He, he goes from like, you know, cutting shrubs to cutting, cutting shrubs to cutting dog hair to cutting people hair. Yeah. I mean, he's, uh, uh, yeah, he's a jack of all trades. Yeah. You can do anything except hold, except, you know, give you a high five. Yeah. No high fives or no, uh, scratching, uh, itches no on your face. No massages. No. And it even goes on a talk show, which is like, what kind of what kind of town has their own talk show? Yeah, which is a little crazy. But you do feel bad how how it ends. Well, yeah. Well, but I think that this is like a great moment between uh, him and Kim because you know they're, they're asking about him. He's like, you know, like you know, like he says that like, he wants to get the, the scissors off his hand, which was which was the intention uh, from the beginning. Um, yeah. But you know, it's just like you know, like if you if you did that, you would, you'd be like everyone else. But you know, like that's that's not what makes Edward Edward. Yeah, like Edward makes Edward Edward. I mean, I guess to recycle that, you know what I mean? Yeah, but like one of the people asks him if he has a girlfriend. And yeah, and he just goes stone cold silent. Yeah, and you know, he doesn't say anything. He just stares right. At the I camera. like this moment that they share, though. Yeah, he stares right at the camera, and you see one of the looking at the TV, but like, and like they, you don't say it, but like you can tell like they're looking at each other. Characters are. The char- the characters are merged together. Yeah, um, you definitely can tell. Yeah, like, you know they're not looking at each other, but you know they can see each other. It's like they know. Like Winona Ryder knows that when Edward is asked about a girlfriend, they, she she just knows. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, we then see that Ed- that Edward's being looked at too. Uh, Joyce is starting a salon, and she's wants Edward to uh. be like her main attraction. As like oh a boy. And speaking of main attraction, she, <laughs> jo- Joyce is a horny old lady, <laughs> older lady. I'm sorry, not she's not old. She's an older lady, man. She's yeah, older definitely. Lady. Uh, cougar, cougar status for sure. Definitely crazy for, and I have to laugh because this is. Uh, you guys can check this movie out on Disney Plus. Um, 
definitely think it's funny that they only rated PG thirteen because of uh, what did they uh, because of smoking or something? I think they said like said in it, but they didn't have any like adult like 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 sexual content kind of almost here in this. But you, you, you know got, what I mean? You gotta admire the sex drive of Joyce. Like she, dude, she, she wants it. Like she. Like she wants to have sex with a guy who literally has knives for hands. This is wonder. This is making you wonder. When was the last time Joyce had sex? But it, I guess, but no, like no. <laughs> but we we know the last time because she's she's doing like the repairman, the pool boy. Oh, the, yeah, she's man. She just she just really likes sexual encounters now. She does, and like you know what? This 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 is the next Mount Everest. No, I'm, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna challenge it. But also, also, in talking about Johnny's physicality, I love, I love like it's just, I just love, I love his little walk when he's like when he's um, doing anything. This is the Edward Shuffle. The love Ed, it. The, yeah. the Eddie Shuffle. The Eddie Shuffle. Yeah. No, I, I like, it, but it's so simple and it's so like, it's so calming. It's so like non-threatening, and people are, you know what I mean. And other people get threatened by it, but it's not very like intimidating yeah. at all, you know. But yeah, like he's trying to get it because you know, as Alan Arkin says, one of my favorite lines of the entire film, you can't pay for the necessities of life with cookies. Yeah, uh, yeah, you you just can't. Yeah, so uh, he's trying to open up. He's trying to open a business. Trying to open his own salon, which leads to one of the funniest visuals in the entire film, which is Edward going to the bank. Yeah, and he has no social security card, no nothing like. Nothing showing any yeah. line of credit at all. No credit, no record of jobs, no savings, no personal investments. Yeah. No nothing, yeah. which is like, I mean, yeah, but, I mean, come on. And, yeah, I mean, and you'd ask, like, why don't the Boggs just try to get a loan for him? And, you know, get, like, give him the money, but maybe they're, I mean, you know, we don't, we don't know their financial situation. Maybe they, maybe they don't have the right, maybe they don't have the credit for it. Well, no, but Alan Arkin's very—you—you you get a sense of his character. He's very work for what you own type type character, though. Do you know what I mean? No handouts, you know. Yeah, but I mean, like, I think I mean, I get it, but like, also, like, how is this guy yeah. supposed to get a bank loan? <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, like, just yeah. Like, I mean, just like you know, buy a stake in his salon. Pay again, like, you know, let, let him work till he pays you back. Yeah, that's all you got to do. But there, but there maybe is another solution, or at least, well, no, not a solution to his problem, but a solution to somebody, somebody's problem. So, Jim has the bright idea to rob his own house. Yeah, why not? And be, now he, see, he fears he can pull this off because he saw Edward Jimmy a lock without damaging it. Yeah, so like, that gives him the light bulb idea. Mm-hmm. Hey, I could actually use this guy to my advantage. Yeah. So he said, like you know, he says that. Uh, you know, he wants to break into this house, take some, take something back that was stolen from him, which Edward obliges because Kim, because you know, like, you know, like they, they say it's for Kim, so they have, they have, him, they have, him, he, he's willing to do it. Yeah, he can't say no to her. Yeah, the yeah, the 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 alarm is off. They get they get into the house, uh, but the problem is the the dad's man cave is, I guess, wired separately. Yeah, because. That's what your man cave is, I guess. Wired like for that. Sure. Yeah. So uh, everyone, Edward gets trapped inside inside the room by himself. Everyone else bails. And the alarms go off, and Edward is freaked the fuck out. Yeah, because he, he can't open the door. 
No, because he can't. Obviously, there's no, there's nothing to Jimmy because it's it's the the nub to the door. Yes. Yeah, so, uh, he ends up he ends up getting he ends up getting arrested, nearly shot. And I do like the fact that, like <laughs> yeah, Kim, poor guy. Kim has a conscience; she wants to turn back and you know go help him. Yeah, but Anthony Michael Hall's character is not having any part of it again. Th- like to show why this character is such an asshole and a very uncompassionate person, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, for sure. So, uh, Ed- Edward gets arrested. Uh, he, he, not, why well, I do like the fact that he's, and this is the thing that's driven home better in like a later, or more later scene. He doesn't, he doesn't say anything. He doesn't say yeah. like, you know, like the, he doesn't say like he was a jam. He doesn't say he was, he was anybody else. It's just yeah. that, it's it's just the fact that he's, he's sitting there saying nothing. They they think he's he's doing a try and get money for his for his salon. Yeah. And this is where we kind of start as well. And first of all, he gets, he gets released because on the grounds that because it's been so long up there by himself, he has a warped concept of right and wrong, which actually doesn't make a lot of sense <laughs> when you think about it. Yeah, because he doesn't have that. He doesn't know what's commonplace. He doesn't know what's normal, what's right, what's wrong. You know, so it does make sense. Somebody who's been socially isolated like that wouldn't understand the the right and the wrong. So but it makes, totally makes sense. But it make, it makes sense. But that's but that's not really the case. So yeah, yeah, yeah. First of all, we do see this where the neighborhood neighborhood starts to they kind of turn on Edward. Where like they yeah. start like vision like what if that what if that was my house that he, that they broke into? Yeah. And we get one of my again another one of my favorite scenes in this film, which is where, um, you know, like Kim goes to apologize to him, and Edward he Edward says he know Edward knew that that was Jim's house. Yeah, but the reason he did it was because it was for her. Yeah, like he 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 did it because Kim asked him to. Yeah, and like I just I I love that kind of relationship in a movie where it's just like. You know, like you're someone who's willing to do anything. Where it's someone who's willing to do anything and for the it, person. And it's not it's not a forced, you know, it's relationship. Forced, it's it's it's, it. it's it's just na- it's natural, but you feel it. That's 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 the difference between between and, that. And as you'd expect, like their their, their chemistry is incredible. Oh, it's it's fantastic. Like when they're two share the screen together, I mean you believe you believe what you're seeing. I mean, yeah, as you said, because they were in a relationship at the time, a very loving relationship at the time. I mean, you look at yeah. Johnny Depp talking about Winona Ryder in any interview. Like, this is, the, this is someone that he was really, like, really in love with for a while. Yeah. And this feels like their their passion project, like, the thing that they want to do because, you know, like, this really kind of, like, documents their relationship on the on the screen in a way that, in a way that, I feel like in a way that kind of made sense to them. You know, no, and that, and that's the thing because he's more goth like that. She was goth, like you think Beetlejuice yeah. went on a writer. Yeah, it makes sense. They wanted. I feel like they wanted to convey their like document their relationship in the way that they saw it. On yeah, screen. and yeah, and Burton helped elevate, help elevate, help make that a reality. Yeah, it did. And yeah, like they, they're the two of them in this movie are fantastic. Uh, <laughs> so we then get I, we see that Edward. He's more emotionally complex than we thought because you know, like the whole time we see him, like he's this timid, he's like this, you know, like, like you know, optimistic type character. But this time, this seems like we see him like expressing real rage because he's going around ripping up the house, ripping up the wallpaper because he sees Kim with Jim, which yeah. really just drives him nuts. Because he knows that that guy's no good, and that you know, there's 
in what world would somebody like her ever love somebody like him? You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> we then get an ethics lesson, which uh, yeah, that poses the question to the audience. You find a bag, of, find a bag of money. What do you do? Do you do you keep it? Give, do you give, give it to your family? Give it to, give, give it, to the police or give it to the police? Give, give it to the give it to your family and friends. Now, my answer would be keep keep the shit. Yes, uh, you keep it. You don't. Police don't need it. And or give it to or like keep it and give a little bit of it to the poor. How you about give, that? give give some of it to the poor, but yeah. If, 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 if that, had that been me, I'm keeping the shit. Yeah, I mean it's an unmarked bag of money. We're we're, we're taking it. Yeah, and you, uh, no no witnesses. <laughs> I'm keeping keeping the shit. Yeah. But we see that, like you know this was like a scene where Kim is kind of starting to come to the defense defense of Edward. Because Edward, in his mind, is just like give it to my family and friends because the people I care about. Yeah. But you know, again, Some, something selfless to show you how selfless he is. Exactly. And Kim's starting Kim to kind of like see see his viewpoint. Um, we all see like like it's a, the, na- the neighborhood is like they're kind of like they're really trying to turn on Edward. Even like the own the house is starting to turn on him. Yeah. Like most most of the brother, like the mom still loves having him, having him around. The, the dad's all supportive. They're just a little, the relationship with Kim. Uh, but you know the things are, and it's, it's Christmas, so it does make us a, a Christmas movie. And they're having their annual yeah. Christmas party, which apparently like nobody's gonna go to. Yeah, because because Edward's gonna be there, and yeah. Yeah, but then and everyone's really easy on him. And Joyce, that fucking bitch, she's saying that Edward tried to rape her. Yeah, I mean, like, really? When you were clearly the one aggressing that. But the fa- first of all, like, like Joyce would clearly have a reputation in this neighborhood. <laughs> like, they would know that's bullshit. So yeah, the believability of Joyce would be like, what? Like, yeah, no. Also, like, Ed, like, and like, they're willing to believe it to make him the villain. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, I almost compare like the scene later on, like when they go. I always think like Beauty and the Beast. Yeah. Uh, when it, when the when the town turns on the beast, like almost when the town turns on Edward, type same thing. Um, you vilify this person who's really just harmless, but you just don't understand, you know. Yeah, for sure. But this is where we get to maybe my favorite scene of the entire film. When we talked about it earlier. Like this, the scene yeah. where Edward comes out and he's carving ice, and is making like these like little like ice flurries. And this yeah. is the scene where like, oh. it's, it's no dialogue. It's there's no dialogue. It's all. Vis- vi- visual acting and the score and it's just oh, Ryder just like being so enchanted by this snow and just that Danny Elfman score the scene is absolutely beautiful yeah I think it's called Ice the Ice Song I think so let me double check because I think I Shazam because I want or Ice Dance I should say ice sorry um, but just fantastic it's just so again what you said there's no dialogue but the the score and and many Elfman Burton collapse. It just really puts you in the environment of this film. You know, I mean, it's just, just, oh, it's just so, it's just so innocent and free. It's just, it's, it's a really great score. It's freeing. It's a really, it's, a, it's a loving scene because, like, you see, you really see her start to like be, be taken by like the, you know, the beauty of whatever can create. Yeah, and again, I, I, well, not being a dead horse, but I just like it's like a Beauty and the Beast type vibe, you know. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but it's uh, it's interrupted when Jim shows up. Edward isn't looking, and he accidentally cuts Kim. And we make it a huge deal that he's trying to attack her, of course. Yeah. But, like, he's just, he's just so, it's just not like, get out, get out of my house. Like, you, you don't live here. 
Yeah, it's like, what are you talking about, dude? <laughs> yeah, but you know, uh, Edward leaves. Kim, uh, Kim rightfully tells Jim to kick rocks. Yeah. And uh, I also love that the dad is like he's like barely fed. Like Edward ran away. No, a hug, hug, a fun. But, so nonchalant, though. Yeah. And, you know, this is where this movie really does kind of turn. Like, you know, like a lot of this is actually really kind of bending the tropes of modern movie. It feels like, a, you know, kind of like a modern, modern, in, I use an, in an operative sense, mo- monster movie. And there's yeah. a scene where, like, you know, I think, you know, like he's walking around, he, just, he cuts off all his, like, suburban clothes, which is really kind of symbolic of him, like, reverting back to, it's kind of him becoming the monster that people make him out to be. And or him not conforming to the norms, I guess, too, or whatever you want to say. <laughs> but, then he's like, but like, he's all, but he's not doing anything like malicious. The, 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 like, is is him like being like a vandal? But the thing is, like, he's, he's kind of vandalizing his, his own work. Like, he cuts a leg off of, like a menagerie ballerina he made. He pops a tire, which yes, but, is bad. But he made that though, so yeah. he's he's allowed to do that to his art. The funniest thing he does is like the the Bible something member of the community where he just like carves a devil outside her window. And it had, and it, but it's just so perfect that the candles or whatever have like make it look like the the thing has like red eyes. Yeah, which, which yeah. is, I, I think I think that's okay. Edward, Edward you, you got to get that to you, bro. I like I like that. Yeah, because she was total Bible Bible thumper. But like they like they they call the they call the police on him. It's like what the fuck is he doing? I mean, granted, yeah, he popped the tire, but like he's not doing anything. But no, like I don't know, not doing anything like, like, we, police worthy. Yeah, I think we have other. We have literally bigger f- fish to fry out there. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Uh, Peg starts to think like you know maybe bringing Edward down wasn't the most responsible idea, and maybe the best thing for him would be to go back where he came from, to go back home. But we see that you know despite the fact that he's really being kind of vilified by the society, he's he hasn't really, he hasn't lost he hasn't lost the heart that makes him who he is. Yeah. Like and I think it's that demonstrated one effect. Like there's a dog sitting next to him, and he's like cuts the he cuts the hair away from away from his face. And, you know, it's like a, like a little touch like that that shows like he's not he's not entirely he, he's he's not a monster. He was never so he, can he was enjoy, never a monster. Yeah. So the dog can enjoy the, seeing the world. You know what I mean? I think that's kind of symbolic, like you said. Yeah, and then you know, he goes ba- he goes back to the Boggs house, and we my favorite my favorite my favorite exchange of the entire film. We talked about my favorite scene, my favorite exchange. Is when he goes back, you know, it's like Kim was worried about him, and Kim says, "Hold me," and he says, "I can't." Yeah, I mean, he is someone who he is so afraid. Like he, the thing he fears most in this is—it's not how society perceives him. It's not doing anything that makes people hate him. His biggest fear is caught is hurting Kim. Yeah, hurting Kim or um, having that love lost, kind of like you know his his. Um you know, with the inventor and stuff like that, you know what I mean? Having having that that too, I think would be another fear of his too. Yeah, and this is this is where we get our, our final flashback. We go back to the inventor who he's got the hands for Edward. He's gonna replace finally replace the scissors. But, uh, but right before that happens, the inventor sadly passes away. Yeah, like right there, and like his hand, the hands are destroyed, and like he's just so. He's so distraught because like he tries to touch him, and like he's just, he just like cuts him, and you see like the like the blood on on his. But he doesn't know his, what to do. You know, you feel yeah, bad for his character. He doesn't know what to do, and this is basically like, kind of like his origin story. 
Yeah. Which even even though we kind of got it at, at the front, I do love the fact that like they just sh- like I'll say it again. I love the fact that it's like slowly kind of unravel that as it goes along. Yeah. Uh, so, anyways, uh, Kevin's walking home. Uh, he sees that uh, Jim, who's drunk and driving, uh, he's about he's about to run over Kevin with his car, but Edward goes in to save him. Only problem is, like, he's trying to check and make sure he's okay, but he keeps cutting his face. Yeah, so again, oh my god, he's such a monster. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he's, he's, he's cut, he, he, he cuts his face, he cuts Jim, and at, this is the kind of the catalyst where just like, I mean, all, basically a, the, an angry mob all rallied against Edward. Yeah, your Beauty and the Beast scene, yeah. Beauty and the Beast, Frankenstein... Yeah, anything were, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, Frank, Frankenstein, Frankenstein was my thought, because, you know, the, the adventure aspect of it, but, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Edward, ultimately, he, he goes home, uh, but, uh, but, like, the mob is like, you know what, screw it, I'm going in. <laughs> like, what? Yeah. Like, the, yeah. The police don't care, why should you? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but, you know, Kim, Kim ends up getting there first. Uh, she finds him and like, he's like, oh, okay, you're gonna, you're gonna have like a nice little moment. But Jim shows up right after with a gun. Yeah, completely ruins that moment. Yeah, absolutely. Although, where he, where he, if he, if he need Edward to crack to crack a safe and get in, where where did he get the gun? Yeah. Uh, yeah, he starts to he starts to beat the starts to beat the everything shit out of both Edward and Kim, and this is where we kind of get like the moment where like he has like, and this is where Edward's really like. He steps up because he just he he kills him. Yeah, he literally just like like he goes to push him and he like obviously stabs him in the ch- in the stomach. But it wasn't like you know it's it's not like a thing where well first like Kim threatens to do it, but then he then he attacks yeah. Kim. But it's not like a thing where like he did he did by accident. Like he purposely killed him because he was attacking Kim. Yeah, and he was trying to protect her. I mean, he was only doing what was right. No, uh, yeah. And yeah, uh, uh, Jim dies. He falls out. He falls out the window, and this is basically where the, where the love between the two of them ends. Which, again, also fitting. Also fitting considering how things turned out in real life. Yeah. Uh, but you know, the two of them have a goodbye. Camp uh, uh, Kim confesses her love. They 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 have one last kiss, and then she goes away, taking. I guess a spare hand that he meant to have lying around saying that, you know what? Yeah, because I mean, it was like, yeah. Yeah, it was like, yeah, they, they, they killed each other. Uh, Ruth, came in up, yeah. Ruth caved in on him and he died and she shows him the hand to prove that, yeah, no, he's he's dead. Uh, so, yeah, then, yeah, that's... <laughs> remember, this, remember this story was about snow? <laughs> I, I never yeah. Remember. So, just like, because uh, I'm like, okay, what's, what's the, what does it have to do with anything, Grandma? And how do you know this is real? Yeah, Hey, we gotta tie it in. I don't know if it's real, Grandma. And she's like, because I was there. And it turns out the Grandma is an older version of Kim. No. Would really? You, no, I'm just playing. Really? <laughs> obviously, yeah. But she, yeah, yeah. Obviously, look, it was you, Winona Ryder and, and makeup. She, you don't get a good look right at the beginning, but like, yeah, like, oh yeah, no, you, you, look, you look like a walking prosthetic. <laughs> well, you can just tell by the way she talks as Winona Ryder. That too, yeah. Actually, yeah, you know, the, the old one makeup here isn't isn't that bad, but like, believable though for sure. Not believable. And like the, the the granddaughter just like you you could have gone to see him, but she's like, yeah, oh, no, I'm old. I'd, I'd rather him remember, remember remember 
me as I was in my youth, which I, th- yeah. I feel like is yeah. a little like, uh, okay, you could have gone to see him in so, your youth, but whatever. But also, yeah, you know, I mean, if he loves you, he would love you now. But uh, I also do get it because, you know, like, Edward doesn't age, and she does. Yeah, so th- so he doesn't understand the concept of age. So, yeah, so, that, that makes sense, know, too. And, yeah, and, and now, now I'm saying, I'm thinking about it. It's probably easier to just, like, you know, end it there as opposed to, you know, go through the, 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 the complications of, the pa- you know, Or the aging, pain of trying to, yeah. Of aging. So, you know, like, it's... It's it's probably it probably be easier on his on his own psyche to just like end it there, but like the reason it snows is because like it never snowed before before Edward got down there, so mm-hmm. what she imagines is, uh, what is Edward up there carving ice? Yeah, which is turns yeah. out to be what he's doing because he's, what he's doing is carving memories from his past and memories from this memories from from that that time of his life. You know, he carves like yeah. You know, uh, a f- he carves, uh, you know, a, a bird fountain. He carves like kids. He carves a, carves a brick wall, and carves an ice version of Kim. And she's just like, you know, I can, yeah. s- I close my eyes and I can still remember dancing in the snow. Uh. And he basically get, yeah, <laughs> that, that's Oof. like a real, that's like a real gut punch because you know, you see that, that fantastic. Mo- that oh. final montage with the Danny Elfman score and the snow coming down oh. on the mountain, and it's just. Perfect. Oh, this is a perfect way to end this film. So, yep. yeah, uh, that's Edward Scissorhands. So, Russell, final thoughts on the film? I mean, I love this film. Easily one of my top, I, I could put this in the top two, top three Burton films. Easy. Um, just, I love it. I love the score. Alfman, we talked about it. I love the performances. Winona Ryder and uh, Shawnee Depth. The chemistry is real. It's believable. Um, Diane, Diane Weist and, you know, Alan Arkin are fantastic in it as well. Just, I love the world that Burton puts us in, you know, they can't say enough good things about that. He's just so unique and you do understand why he is telling the story. He is like about feeling an outsider, not feeling like you belong in society. And that's him actually telling his story as him being Edward. You know what I mean? Um, it's just, just a really fantastic film. I, I, I love this film. Yeah, I I love it too. Uh, it's my favorite Tim Burton movie. I um, was gonna say I would probably put. I was debating because I love Batman '89, um, but I love this film too. Like I don't know. I, that's why I said like top two. Yeah, it's uh, for sure. It's Burton and Elfman's. Uh, it's their favorite work that, that they that they've done, and I'm inclined yeah. to agree. I think that like you know, again, I, I I love a good gothic romance. I think the I think the gothic yeah. aspect of this film perfectly both, um, both what's the word I'm looking for. Both, uh, can, you know, can, like they work in contrast to the suburban aspects, and they make they make like really like really beautiful blend. Like I, said, I think the romance of this is beautifully tragic. Uh, yeah. Kind of much much like you know uh, classic monster stories, and I feel like this is a good kind of flip on uh, classic monster movies, where like you know like they're really trying like bring these tropes into like a modern era. But I th- what I think well the aspect that works about this film is the fact that they never really establish when this takes place so it kind of, no. it's always going to have that kind of like timeless feel to it which i which i do love yeah. and appreciate um, yeah you can you can really feel like the personal touch behind it uh i love the performances and yeah i think what what it's really short first of all it's paced excellently we didn't talk about that um yeah but yeah i think what's always going to sit with me about the uh the the, the beautiful tragedy of this of, of, of uh, edward and kim's romance where like these two people who like just they have 
like, such great chemistry and like they have such like love for each other, but society's never they would they would never allow the two of them they never allow the two of them to be. So it ultimately yeah. ends in a way that it's it, it's it's sad, but it's also just it's it's told in a way that just it's with such craftsmanship and such you know such melanc such beautiful melancholy that I I adore this film. Uh, yeah, I it's my favorite Burton film, and. Yeah, I, th- I think it really epitomizes the best of what Burton and what Johnny Depp could be. It was, it was the first partner, the first of a incredibly long, incredibly success- successful partnership, until it wasn't. But you know, when they yeah. when they were both on their game, they were on it and they were excellent. And this movie showcases that. Oh, absolutely, definitely the best of uh, the Depp Burton combo for sure. Absolutely, and yeah, that's gonna do it for us here. Russell, you want to grab a plug before we head out? Yeah, shout out for us, uh, our 130th episode. We're, we're grinding along here. Um, but yeah, you guys can find us Notorious by Chance on Facebook. That's where we put up the polls for you guys to vote on. Uh, and check out the YouTube channel, Notorious by Chance. We will get uh, eventually. Get, get cracking on more videos at, at some point. We will. We will, we will. We'll, we'll get more reviews out on there. Yeah, you know, just, just your work schedule, man. We got to kind of work on when we can make We, we, we got to figure it out, man. We, if we can get a day that we know that we could do it, or just even like, even just like at, at night, anytime, and just shoot the shit for a half like you know do quick reviews on there i'm sure we can do that too yeah yeah you have my twitter's gonna chance worth underscore 91 uh the movie trish modown where i do compete uh the competition season is heating up i got a lot of them working on that i am not allowed to speak about yet uh but you know that's for another day but thank you for listening and we will see you next time <laughs>